of Wrestling Podcast, the podcast where comedians dissect wrestling to an unhealthy degree. You know that. All right, Jabroniacs, we're back with another episode with a professional wrestler. Now, this man, we've been getting into it already. We've already been chopping it up, and we, we just had to hit the record button to get into it. This is a man who goes by, I don't even know what to call you. You have so you have so many names. I would I would say if you looked into it, I'm probably the wrestler with the most John-based ring names in the history of the business. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you here's some of yours, if some of your aliases, some of your John-based aliases. You let me know which ones I've missed. Johnny Blaze, call the fire department. Johnny Spade, I never liked that one. Johnny Onyx, that was the original <laughs> one in Sacramento. Yeah. Johnny Nitro, the one that I first do you by. My favorite one. Yeah, that's your favorite one. Yeah, I always love Johnny Nitro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was cool because of the WCW Nitro. Yeah, it was in honor of Eric Bischoff, the right. apprentice in 2004. Yeah. Right, because you, you at a time, you were like working with Bischoff, right? Right, so I started on Raw with, yeah. uh, with Bischoff and Stone Cold in the same vignette. And uh, actually, I introduced myself as Johnny Blaze in that vignette, but I became Johnny Nitro shortly thereafter. Yeah, which is actually something. Uh, we got to get through these so monikers. Okay. There's so okay. much to say. There's too many names. John I mean, Morrison, we might not get to, we Johnny might... Mundo, the shaman of sexy, the guru of greatness, the mayor of Slamtown, the hashtag executioner, uh, <laughs> me, whatever my name is. John Hennigan. Yeah. Ooh, the uh, shoot name. Yeah. Goes deep. I, I, I got to say, I think Johnny Mundo is my favorite. Really? Yeah. How come? You- I'm a big fan of Johnny Mundo, though. I like it. I I thought uh, originally I was going to be Johnny World for, yeah. uh, for Lucha Underground, which I, I always liked. No, Mundo is, what, is uh, better. It's what Freddie Prince Jr. always called me, Johnny World. Oh, I, when he was a writer at WB? Yeah. We got to get FP. Uh, we got to yeah, get FP, him in here. FP. Uh, he, would, he would tear it up on this thing. But uh, I thought Johnny have, World. You have direct access to get me FPJ in studio here. Dude, me and FPJ, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we're like, we're buds. You know, we talk WrestleMania. We, uh, yeah, I get, I could talk to FPJ. Really? Yeah, oh, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think he like, I don't think he does much these days. I think yeah, he likes to lie can, low you and just You don't think he'd chill. come on a, just a super chill podcast at a comedy theater? Uh, maybe. Anyway, who cares? I don't know. You're yeah. here. You're I can't, here. You I can't see speculate. how professional we are just talking about other guests, right? Can you put uh, me another we guest? Have, we haven't even okay. done the interview yet. All right. This is just well, a ruse. While we're at let's it. Let's get the mayor of Slamtown down here so well, we can get FPJ. While we're at it. Let, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's get... Yeah, that's why we have the mayor. That's that, why I brought you down well, here. Hold on. Before, is there anybody else would you would like me to contact Rob Van Dam? That would be great. Rob any, Van Dam. Any Dan other three-letter people? We're, RVD? Yeah, RVD would be great. HHH. HPK would be dope. Triple H would be awesome. HIV would be really great if you positive. Could, uh, Posi- yeah. Triple, yeah. <laughs> yeah, positively. Uh, uh, wait, so what? Make we'll, a list later. Well, yeah, well, I got tons of lists. Okay, I'm all good. about lists. Very Jewish lists are family. over these days. They're well, people love lists. Wrestlers, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The oh, list, the list you is, just made the list. No, I'm just saying the list is 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 more over than a lot of the wrestlers on Raw these days. That is true, and that is your first and, shoot uh, and, more, and more talented than a lot of the wrestlers. Do you, you want to name some wrestlers that are less talented than the list? Give me one wrestler, one WWE superstar who's less talented than the list. I, I will say the list is in better shape than Kevin Owens. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to talk about talent, but, uh, but let's just be be honest. You know, that's great. Wow, I mean, you uh, shape. I the, mean, the list is uh, has been more ripped than Kevin Owens since day one. I love it. You coming can take out, that however you would like. Coming out, are you friends with? Because <laughs> he ripped friends up the list. Um, we're, I would say we're acquaintances. I, I legitimately think he's a super talented guy. I, I had yeah. one match with him. It went really well. It was it was fun. But um, I I, I don't. Do you yeah. know that there's like an edict? 
within WWE that wrestlers aren't allowed to make fun of Kevin Owens' weight. Really? Yeah, that, that was an edict passed down by uh, like Vince and Triple H. Like, no one make fun of Kevin Owens' weight. We don't want to make, make mention of that on Monday Night Raw. You know what? I, I realize that no one ever does say anything about It's because about, they, uh, you're not allowed to. It's, yeah. it's, it's a weird, right? It is weird, but how come I never realized? See, maybe Well, because it's the first thing that you think of, and then like once you when you stop thinking about it and you, you look at him and what he does in the ring, you're like, oh, he's a really talented guy. Yeah. He just uh, doesn't... Go to the gym, I guess. Although it is fucking crazy when you. How do we? How do we get so negative to start? Let's. No, no, no. Listen. Let's let's climb back up into the positivity. This is your old young Johnny Onyx coming out. But so pro wrestlers just like to like to cut promos on other pro wrestlers. It's you're shooting. Comedians do the same thing though, don't you? Yeah, we we bust balls all the time. That's what we do. Give me give me the name of a comedian that's not funny. Uh. Oh man! Yeah, uh, put somebody com- on blast. Oh, a comedian. The wheels not- are spinning. He's if, thought of like ten, I hate, I, I but actually, he doesn't know who to say. He- I hate, I hate doing that. But it, oh, okay, comedian who's not funny uh, is uh, 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 Bill Cosby. Oh come on, that's politically <laughs> safe. <laughs> come on, Bill he goes Cosby. for Cosby. Bill Cosby's oh, not man. funny. I don't like what he did to women, and I don't like what he that's, did to my oh, business. <laughs> You should you should run for president. Yeah, I know. actually you seriously, got, you please. Got, you got to keep it safe. See if you can take over. Try to think of other comedians <laughs> that I think are not funny. Um, nice. Okay. Well done. Yeah. So okay, you just mentioned you mentioned a lot. You mentioned two specific points that I uh, that that I was going to bring up right away. But I want to get into something else first. So do you, is, it is crazy when a guy in the shape like you are right? I, I actually want to say like you I, when I think of wrestlers in shape, I put you. Close to number one is the guy who's in the best shape. Uh, would, is that that's a big compliment? I would say, I would say you that, haven't seen this guy can, with his shirt can, off. You can take that in one of two ways. You can say he's the guy that's in the best shape, or the guy that has the least fun <laughs> with his life because he spends all of his time in the gym. Yeah, well, let's get into both that. of those things. Are true, well, probably. well, we we'll, we'll get into that. I want to say like, so when do you think it's crazy when you? How do you feel it? Like you saying you don't have fun? You clearly sacrifice a lot. You have a lot of dedication, a lot of discipline, a lot of you. You're probably bringing your own chicken to restaurants. You're probably one of those guys. But I'm saying like, and we will get into that. We will get into that minutia because I need it, uh, especially because I'm very doughy. I need to pick dissecting wrestling to an unhealthy level. Right. That's what we're. Doing here today, but yeah, to, yeah. Everything okay. about this podcast is unhealthy. I should be focusing on more on my actual comedy craft, but I'm too busy. No, no, no. On what you just, guys do? I like, I like weird and comedy. Like, are the yeah. same, the same area. Totally. But like, when you get in a ring with a guy like Kevin Owens, when you look across the ring, what is your thought? Like, what the fuck? Why does this fucking guy have the same job as me? No, no, no like, um, not at all. No. Um, like, especially, especially after you've seen him work. He's right. uh, he's ridiculously talented. He's he's very talented. He's got a lot of charisma, and um, I I also believe that wrestlers should be different. You can't have like uh, you can't have a roster full of guys that look like Rick Rude. Right. You can't have a roster full of guys that look like Kevin Owens either. Right. The the the, the difference is what makes it interesting. A lot of yeah. times. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's and it's amazing that he does some of the stuff he does. It almost makes it more impressive because you don't expect it. Yeah. From him, where we have high expectations from a guy like you. I, I a lot of times with uh, remember Super Crazy yeah of course um, when, first down when, when you when <laughs> you when you look at Super Crazy there's there's things that he could do that like a like 180 springboard moonsault like dialed in he hits it ten out of ten times um, I remember working on that move over and over again at OVW and I could never get it right and then I saw Super Crazy he's got like a gut Super Crazy right yeah was, he does like he looks like a in in street clothes he looks relatively unassuming um, you wouldn't 
you wouldn't expect that he uh, had been a, a lifelong athlete. But as, as soon as he starts doing springboards, you're like, damn it, how, how is that possible for him? And then why can't I do it? And um, it, I think there's, a, there's different ways of looking at training. You know, you, you train for function, you train for aesthetics, and um, Super Crazy just spent you do his it life all. training for skills. And you do both. Are you kidding me? Jim Tan Chipotle. My mantra. You know what I'm talking about. Jim Tangipoli. So, yeah, let's get, we got it. Listen, my first thing on the list is we got to talk about your abs. We have to. We need to. I have to. Uh, There is a a website dedicated to each one of my abs separately. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a wiki, a Wikipedia that my buddy John at Twitwell set up. How, that's, I don't know how I didn't find that in my, my extensive research, but, uh, uh, you uh you, so yeah like how when did you were you what, what about you in, like high school no 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 I have more to say <laughs> okay. I mean that is a penultimate that is yeah. that is something uh but well, in high school did you have abs um in yes I did I uh I, I ran I ran cross country and I was uh I did wrestling all four years in high school and I was always a a hard gainer. So I, I, my freshman year, I was 103 pounds. I wrestled varsity, right. and I, I won, like, the Bay League. And um, then junior, senior year, I was captain of the wrestling team. Uh, senior year, I wrestled at 152. And um, I I never had muscles or size, but I always had a definition. I mean, right. I, I looked like uh, like skin and bones and with a, a little bit of muscle. So you've, you've always had definition. Yeah, it's been hard for me to put on weight. Right. It, uh, that, that's what's see oh man that's that's so awesome it's, I, I'd kill for that it, it's I would, a, I would go like, for and, and now, some four lengths in, in retrospect I'm, I'm like the whole time growing up I was like I'm so skinny I hate it oh why am I so small right and and now in retrospect I'm glad that that's uh, the genetics that I got when you get older it's easier to put on weight so that you keep oh it's easier for me to put on weight now yeah right yeah, right now right. I don't have that problem so what let's walk me so walk me through a day of let's like a, a quick snapshot of what you're eating in a day. Man, uh, so I uh, I've had I fluctuate back and forth you. all all the time. So yeah, um, quick snapshot of the day of the diet of uh, the mayor's lamb town. So <laughs> frequently, um, wake up, chug a bottle of water, multivitamin, no food, just water. Um, email bullshit for uh, half hour to an hour. Okay, then. If I'm if I'm being really good, uh, some sort of like meal prep thing, like one of those uh, Rich Piana like things with like a chicken and broccoli that you put in the microwave, cottage cheese, or a lot of times if I'm feeling lazy, uh, a protein cookie, which I recently found out uh, doesn't have as much protein as advertised. Those cookies like with the two faces on them? Yeah, the Lenny and Larry's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're more cookie than protein, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. But um, do you eat those? I'm always like, this is bullshit. I can't eat that. You well, I knew it. Everyone knows it. It was it was bullshit this whole time. Yeah. Okay. But um. But yeah. And also, if if you uh, the the big thing that I think a lot of people miss is uh starting your day off with just chugging a bunch of water makes a big difference in how you feel. For for me, it makes me feel a lot better to start with just water. Kind of get get hydrated, rinse your system out a little bit, take some multivitamins, and um then when it comes time to actually eat your uh. Your your system is kind of like your blood's already pumping. You got some fluid in you. Um, then my schedule varies so drastically that it's it's impossible to say exactly what happens after that. Because whether I'm shooting or traveling or wrestling or if I'm just at home, if I'm writing, if I'm working on on producing something, 
Sometimes I'll be just sitting at a desk for the next six hours. Right. Sometimes I'll be going to the airport. Sometimes I'll be going to the gym. My, my schedule is crazy. And I've also realized uh, because of all this wrestling, I'm definitely a night person. So I kind of start my day slowly. And then um, usually afternoon, gym session, and at night I'm doing some sort of skill training, whether it's boxing, wrestling, parkour, stunt training, a couple, a couple nights a week, there's some type of thing like that at night, late at night, and um, every day, like an afternoon workout session. That's fucking awesome. That's the life that sometimes I dream that I have. <laughs> you know, it's, a, I, I, it's, it's also the life that, that sometimes seems maybe a lot cooler <laughs> than it is. No, it's fucking cool. Don't, 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 t- don't sell yourself short. But you say filming, and I quickly want to mention, you're not here for your health, okay? Quick, you have a new movie. Uh, coming out, we're gonna get back into. We're gonna get back because I need to know also about the a little bit of the ab routine, just so I can pick up on some of that. But you got a movie coming out uh, called Boone the Bounty Hunter. This is a movie. It, it's starring you, starring Rampage Jackson. It's got Lorenzo Lamas in it, and uh, uh, it's, it's got Kevin Sorbo. It's got Osric Chow from yeah. Supernatural. It's got Spencer Grammer who does a voice on Rick and Morty. Jonathan Lipnicki the kid from Jerry Maguire who's now a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. And oh, shit, that's who that is. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. it's the guy running at the bottom of the flyer. Yeah, I knew I recognized him. He uh, he tapped out a friend of mine the other day at the gym, and um, uh, Lipnicki didn't know know my buddy. My buddy just texted me out of the blue. It was like, just got tapped out by the kid from Jerry Maguire. It was kind of a profound moment. Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so he's got kind of a reputation at his gym of being a badass. Yeah. So the the movie Boone the Bounty Hunter is, uh, is also uh, written and produced by me. Um... It's about a reality show bounty hunter named Boone who does parkour to Boone celebrities. But then over the course of his movie, his, uh, his show is going to get canceled, so he decides to go to Mexico after a real criminal to save his show. And um, then we've got the, uh, the reality show bounty hunters going up against a drug cartel, and Boone has to punch, kick, and flip his way out of trouble and decide whether or not he's going to try to save his show or his friends and uh, figure out what it means to be a real hero. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. It comes out on uh, Video On Demand, right, uh, in uh, North America on May 9th. May 9th. And then the DVD release, which you can get uh, at exclusively at Walmart, right? June 6th. June June 6th. I'm going to check. I think the trailer was, was awesome. Did you, like, how did you get into, you said you wrote it and then you produced it. Like, how was it to get funding for your movie and, and, and all that, like to get actually get your movie made. I think it looks... Not easy. Yeah. Um, so I uh, be, before before wrestling ever started, I was a, a student at UC Davis, and I majored in film. Um, I made uh, three short action... Like three like that I finished, like short action comedy things, The Foot of Death, Kung Fu, and The Journeys of Julie. They're all varieties of like some kind of like either musical kung fu or like a the foot of death is right. about a guy with a dangerous foot and uh, <laughs> the other one was about a girl and then for some reason there's a kung fu fight at the end that I put myself in <laughs> yeah but uh, I, I, I can't also, marry you because this foot it'll take you down I can't control this foot <laughs> the foot has a mind of its own <laughs> and all it wants to do is bring death <laughs> Oh, uh, that would have been better than the movie we actually made. <laughs> oh no, 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 it's great. It's great. Um, but so I had this background of, of 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 filmmaking in college, and then my wrestling career happened. And um, the last couple of years of my wrestling career, I started writing scripts, and they were all awful. 
<laughs> like on the road, like with WB. Oh yeah, I'd be like on the on the Europe tours on the bus and um be drinking wine with the guys and I'd be like I gotta write my script and like, drinking wine with the guys. That, oh, that's what happens on Europe tours, by the way. The wrestlers just drink wine. The only guy well, I can picture you know, I, I is drink Jericho. Wine and Jericho, yeah, Jericho drank wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, and like, and then all the divas drink wine. But you're right. A lot of the times, like the rest of the bus is drinking beer. It's true. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Or or Jack, one of the two. Yeah. Or all three. Or CM Punk, not Depending drinking. Or CM Punk, not 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 everyone drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, generally on those on those Europe tours, it's a it's a good time for bonding because everyone's on the bus and like trading stories about. Getting into the business and uh, growing up and stuff. So these Europe tours are like, you know, because one thing I know is that Europe is all connected, and uh, so it, you just bus around Europe. Yeah, it's a uh, it's busing and sometimes flights depending right. on how far apart the the shows are. Right, 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 right. So cool, uh, and it's like a limited roster a lot of the time, right? Right. So, so you, you you get a chance to to bond with with everybody that you're on tour with, and at the end of the tour, you're really really excited to go home by yourself <laughs> and get yeah, away yeah, from everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but anyway, so I was I started writing, um, spending a lot of time on those things on the bus, like writing scripts and things. And then um, when I left, I was like, I'm I'm gonna make one of these things. And I decided I wanted to make a movie about a guy that does parkour to chase people instead of like running away, because all the parkour movies are like, they can't get the guy because he he runs away with parkour. And I was like, nah, I want to be like a a big dude who like chases people. Right. And then it turned into a, a bounty hunter who chases people. Because he does parkour, and then, but he's got a reality show. Because I didn't want to just like chase people; I wanted to do flips and stuff too. Right. So he's like a dog, the bounty hunter, kind of. But if he was a parkour dude, and like and younger and Tanner and and like a gym rat, yeah, 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 way more Jack, <laughs> way better looking, way more charisma. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know about all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure dog's listening to this. What's up, bro? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's actually he's that was that was Dan who said all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so make sure uh, you guys check so out this movie. The, uh, yeah, and then the gist of it was, like, I shot a sizzle trailer for Boone in 2013 and uh, spent a year shopping it around yeah. looking for money and then ended up uh, just selling my house to fund it because— You yeah. sold your house Otherwise to fund it? Otherwise, it was it? never going to happen. Yeah, that's Is that the, true? Yeah, man. Like, because uh, eventually you, you, like, either you have to believe in your thing enough to, to make it happen— or it never happens. That's I mean, badass. Once you once you have one that's successful, then conceivably, hopefully, it's it's easy and possible to make. Or I mean, it's never going to be easy, but possible to make another thing. But uh, no one wanted to give a first time pro wrestler filmmaker a bunch of money to make a movie. It turns out, right? That's amazing. <laughs> well, I guess that answers my question: Will you be back in the WWE? <laughs> the answer is you'll um, need another house. It, uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Available on VOD on uh, May 9th, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's buy, awesome. Buy a couple copies. What's the pro? You so you put uh, you put it out on video on demand, like because because you, you just made it yourself. It's self produced. Well, so we, we partnered with a, a distribution company called Vision Films. They are yeah. a very uh, high quality vision uh, distro company. And um, I spent a lot of time thinking about whether to go theatrical with Boone or VOD. And um, the reality for a lot of low-budget films is if you go theatrical, you dig a big hole for your movie. So every uh, every market you open in theatrically, you have to spend a big time, uh, a lot of money advertising. advertising yeah. You have to pay for DCPs to be shipped and like advertising promotional materials to be set up. So I mean, even a limited theatrical release could have end up putting Boone like half a mil to a million dollars in the hole, right. which you have to make back before you start turning any kind of profit. Um, I wanted to make some money back, <laughs> break even yeah. on this. And also, the uh, the process of that is slow. And um, this, this movie took a long time because it was made on a shoestring budget, and a lot of people 
worked really hard on this for uh, for far less than their usual rate. So it feels like the it just felt like the time was right to get it out and finish it and um, let people finally see it instead of drawing out that process of through like a limited theatrical for another six months before it gets released and um, releasing a movie like at the end of the summer is uh, not the best time yeah. to release a movie anyway because that's when a lot of the like big summer blockbusters hit. Well, now as you rack up belts and fans, they could just buy your movie instantaneously. Exactly. That's awesome. And yeah, the timing well, of that's kind of like say, crazy I too. That, that you like believed in your art enough. I think that's kind of uh that 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 says that doesn't surprise so, me considering you're such the some of the stunts that I've seen you do and the things you'll attempt especially I even even now I follow your Instagram and you're just like flipping around <laughs> I'm like what well, the, this guy's gonna die what wrestling, is he doing uh, wrestling is art that's uh, that's what a lot of people are saying these days right that's what all the it definitely is art the of hipsters course it is. who I love go it. to PWG love to say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, <laughs> the stuff on my uh, by shooting Instagram. on PWG exactly <laughs> which is a great promotion too it's just. Full of uh, hipsters <laughs> <laughs> and vinegar tasting beer and whatever and uh, me and you and and me too. I've been there several times. No, I know. Wait, wait, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, oh, yeah. Good. Anyway, the the flippy stuff on oh, Instagram yes, is like uh, that's like an example of like when I say I'm like doing some kind of skill training. Yeah. Um, whether it's like gymnastics or parkour or flipping or stunt training, like uh, a lot of the times, like you just have to do that stuff at night because that's the only time you can get the gym to yourself. And it's frustrating to go to like a Tempest or gym or like a gymnastics place when it's crowded because you don't get as much done. Right. That seems to be a common thread with all wrestlers that I that I speak to and just follow, uh, you know, through social media like a lunatic. But they work out at night a lot. It's oh, just well, like you- also, I mean, like, uh, so this past weekend it was uh, I did Wrestle Circus in Austin Friday, uh, Baja Stars in San Diego Saturday, and then I flew to Monterey, Mexico Sunday. And won all the championships. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all those shows are at night. So you get to you get accustomed to this thing where you're like, okay, um, you're gonna I'm gonna be like towards the end of a show, which means like uh, in Austin, I didn't my match didn't start until 10:30, and um, at the end of your match, it's like, okay, you're now it's like 11 at night. You just drank a bunch of energy drinks and you're wired because you just had a cool match, and you don't get back to your hotel uh, until. I didn't get back to the hotel until like two, two thirty. Right. So you're you just kind of get accustomed to that. And when you get home, you're like, I'm gonna sleep in and wake up. And when you wake up, I've got all this energy now because I'm used to doing stuff at night. Right. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Uh, all right. Cool. Let's uh, speak. Of, I want to circle back to okay. the abs quick because I want to ask you about the bedazzling of the abs. This is always a question I've had for you. How did that come about? Uh, I think that what, how, how, did, the how first, did the bedazzled abs come about? The first time I saw that, yeah, when you, that was. Uh, I mean, you were still nitro when you did that, no? Or was oh that yeah, ah uh, man, was that your I think, idea? I think that might have been Morrison. And um, you know what? It was it was my idea, but it was also something that like uh, it was uh, a lot of people suggested doing something like that. Yeah, like uh, Jimmy Yang a couple times, like man, oh, man, you should you should put a bunch <laughs> of them rhinestones on your abs. That'd be funny. And like people, that was a horrible Jimmy Yang, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but a lot of people kind of suggested that independently, and like I thought of it. Um, I mean, one of my nicknames was the Ambassador of Abdominals. Yeah. And um, so one day I like I was at WWE and I asked Julie the seamstress if she would just uh, super glue a bunch of those things to my stomach. Yeah. And uh, I remember the episode when you came out. I was yeah. like, that's fucking great. <laughs> it was really there's there's one time specifically I remember. Um, I forget the exact match, but Triple H, 
like uh, had walked back and forth, and it, it took a really long time to glue those things onto the abs. Right. And um, he'd walked back and forth like four times, and it'd been like a two-hour process where I was like sitting there and talking, and Julie was sticking those things onto my stomach. Right. And um, he kept shaking his head. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> remember when this, remember when this uh, business uh, was, was more about taking bumps and telling stories? Now look at this. Yeah. This kid spent two hours gluing, st- gluing uh, stones uh, into his abs. Uh, and um, I'm surprised you he, that. The very him. first thing he did was he kicked me in the stomach and they all fell off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that from Triple H because I feel like he's the, one of the more theatric wrestlers. Maybe he just doesn't admit it to himself. No, no, no. But uh, also, everything he says has an air of sarcasm. I oh, mean, yeah. he he's also like joking about it. But he yeah, was, I, I I don't I didn't take it like as a negative thing. I yeah, just, you guys kind of half thought it was funny, but like someone had to say something. Like Nitro Morrison is like spent two hours sitting in front of the locker room gluing things onto his, his abs. Come yeah, on, you deserve shit for you gotta, that. You got to point that out. It's yeah, a locker room after all. Totally. You you and tri- you and Triple H, you guys, do you get along? You talk to him or like. Uh, when I was in the road, I would, yeah. I would say, yeah. I mean, uh, he was uh, he had a really good mind for the business. Um, yeah, like what's you you do the relationship with him? Because I remember you guys I wrestling. Haven't, I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him in quite a while. But uh, that's I think just because he's he's busy running that company. Yeah, totally. And figuring out ways to put himself on TV, and um, I'm doing my my own thing. Yeah, totally. It, it, that's what it seems like with wrestlers a lot of times. Like once you once you part ways. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, true. Like once you there's 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 few there's some that I, I keep in touch with. Uh, I talked to Ziggler a lot. I mean, you just said you had him on. Oh yeah, Z- yeah, Ziggler, Ziggler came in. Uh, uh, like Zig, like uh, I got a, Miz has a New Year's party every year, which is really cool because I keep in touch with with him, Ziggler and Zach and um, Tyson Kidd, Natty, uh, and then now that I'm doing like these independent shows, I see Drew Galloway and Cody, Luke Gallows. I talk to every once in a while. Um, Masters, Carlito, Shelton. It, it's, Masters. it's cool. You bump into everybody um, every so often. Yeah, Carlito's great. Yeah. I, I, have you I, had him on? I've not had Carlito. Is he out here? No, he's in Houston. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I got to fly down there. No, Car- there I hope go. Carlito comes. I hope he'll, uh, you know, get back in uh, WWE at some point. He was thinking think about he's it. Got I don't some, know. He's got some unfinished business, I think. I know. When I think about Carlito. It be, dude, it would be really cool to see him back in the TV. Yeah, totally. So I think about your wrestling career. I was like kind of going through. I was kind of going through it uh, uh, earlier, and I was like, you kind of have, you even mentioned it, something you mentioned earlier where you were like, your first time on TV, you were working with Stone Cold and then at Bischoff. You have like a Make-A-Wish Kid list of people you worked with. Like, I was like, just flicking through. You know what I mean? You worked with Jericho, Bret Hart, you wrestled Legion of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it's just like guys like Nunzio. Uh, just like Ra- Eddie Guerrero, I mean Nunzio's a random one. Yeah, uh, you know Kevin Federline. Uh, no, that was interesting. They put Nunzio on this list, but I just think it's, you but, know but why I put Nunzio. I, on that I list? was a big fan of Nunzio and ECW. Like <laughs> he no doesn't joke. belong on that list. But, I'm very I, aware, but, but he's like an ECW original guy. Yeah. You know, and um and legitimately like when I was watching ECW, I was a huge fan of Nunzio, and um I mean you're right like I. It's it's pretty interesting when you when you get into the wrestling business. I mean, imagine any business like comedy business, um, entertainment in general. Inevitably, there there comes a time where you end up like standing in the ring across from somebody that you idolized growing up, or on, I'm sure staring, sharing an improv stage with uh, with someone like Bill Cosby that you idolized growing up. Yeah, it's so good, so good. I mean, <laughs> but it's, no uh, it's yeah, it's cool, man. I've I've been really fortunate with uh, well comedy is similar that in that way where just like you're saying you're, you're totally right like I, I've done 
I've improvised with like Amy Poehler. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and that's just how it is. Like you just you know, but when you're on that stage, you're just you're just comedians. Right. It's the same thing as like when you wrestle, you get in there, but it's but to me, it's like boom, you're in the ring. It's oh, uh, that's Bret Hart. No, and for sure, like I like I've been in the ring when like Undertaker's music hit. Yeah. And like uh, there's there you still have those moments where you're like. Holy shit! <laughs> it's like yeah, the, the Undertaker's walking out. <laughs> totally, and I'm standing in the ring. How how did this happen? Exactly. Like, uh, I, how did I get to be one of these guys? I always looked at the TV and saw those guys when I was growing up, and now I'm I'm that. That's the, me. Holy that crap. that happens in wrestling a lot. I find it amazing because the lo- wrestlers have such long careers, or they're around the business right a bunch. You know, like Flair is still around. You yeah, can, you can you can you can like you you can get smacked by Flair still. Yeah, to this day, which I find, uh, I find that incredible. So, all right, so you start wrestling. Were you a big wrestling fan growing up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you always want to be a professional wrestler? Um, like I, me? No, I, I, I was, I was a huge fan of wrestling, which is, which is why I went out for the high school wrestling team. Right. Um, amateur wrestling. Yeah. The fake stuff. Yeah. 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 It's amateur. Waste your time. <laughs> but um, we would uh, growing up, um, I moved to a new neighborhood in sixth grade, and um, I didn't know anybody. And uh, the first thing I had in common with everyone that I lived with or nearby in my neighborhood was wrestling. So we started going over to each other's houses every Saturday and Sunday watching wrestling and then spending the rest of the day, like, trying to put each other in camel clutches and fighting. It would be like we were fighting for real, but we were trying to always get someone in a Boston Crab. No, we did that also. Like, we had, had like, a league in our front lawn where it was – we did front yard wrestling. (laughs) Actually, we did too. And it was, like – it was more like – it was a combination of, like, mixed martial arts and wrestling. Like, we'd fight each other to try to put a wrestling move on. Right. And like you're you're fighting as hard as you can to to put someone in that in the Boston Crab or the Camel Clutch right. or or whatever. And then like once you get to that move, then you're like, all right, you got me. So I'll now I'll sell right, it. Right, it's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's like um, so I was uh, I was always doing that. And then um, there was a a kid who was a grade ahead of us who wrestled when I was in eighth grade. And um, there was a there's a period of like a month where he would like he uh he came back from uh, high school, and whenever we had like our front yard wrestling. <laughs> Uh, he just like tore through everyone. Like we all sucked all of a sudden. Right. And um, like me and everyone else were like all like, holy shit! I guess I can't wait to get to high school because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go out for the wrestling team so I can beat up everybody too, just like Ryan. Right. And um, and that's like literally like why I I was so hell bent on being in the in high school wrestling. Yeah. And so then when you tried out for Tough Enough the first time was yeah. uh, uh, said. You got rejected the first time, right? Right. Yeah, and then you and you got on it. Were you like, oh my god, this? Did you see it as an actual avenue to become a professional wrestler? Or was there like any cynical side of you? I know, like when I watch those shows, I'm like, you're not gonna actually be like, yeah, you know, like American Idol or something. You're like, no, like the the crazy thing for me is, um, at at that time, I'd uh, so I'd stopped. I wrestled for a year at Davis, and then I started doing gymnastics, right. and um, I'd set my sights on doing action filmmaking. So I was like training stunts and working on my my kicks and like filming these like action movies and like trying to figure out how to get into that and then when i saw tough enough season one i was like oh my god that's like everything i want to do and um that cynical side of me like i was too it didn't exist right i was like literally i was like a kid with a dream and i was like this is it i i I go on tough enough and i become a pro wrestler i believed that 100 percent. but didn't it didn't hurt when you look in the mirror and you're like oh I, i look awesome it sounds I, like you look pretty no, dope like, always, I mean, but you're like, a little scrawny. No matter how you, no matter how you look, really, you, you never look in the mirror and think that is what I've what, what I've learned. Oh, really? But at the time, for sure, I thought you like start doing that, man. I thought I was way too small. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like a buck 
80, about well, 85. At that time, the wrestlers were significantly bigger. And that was or, like the land of the Giants still kind of. Right. It was harder to be. It wasn't like it is now. Like there wasn't like half the roster wearing T-shirts on TV. Yeah. It, it didn't happen back then. Yeah. So, but um, you're like even bigger than Sean, I think, right? Like Sean Michaels. Um, no, probably now. Yeah, I mean because I mean even height and just. I, we're, I would say we're similar. I mean Sean's, I think Sean now if he was uh, on TV, I'm like six one, six right. one two ten. That's big. I mean yeah, even at the time, I think that's big enough. But like guys like The Rock, Stone Cold. Well, I don't know how big Stone Cold is, but like The, the Rock, Rock's like Rock's six like four, six, right? Five. Yeah, yeah, six the, four six five. Yeah, those guys are. Yeah, right. And like Taker's massive. Yeah, he's he's six ten. You think of like the Warrior? Well, yeah, Jake Warrior. Jake Snake, tremendous physique. I mean, <laughs> man, but Jake had yeah, Jake <laughs> Jake is just had the intangibles, yeah. right? Like the it factor, whatever you whatever you whatever you want to call that. Yeah, no. Well, they always say that like Jake understood character and the business. Sometimes I always think the that's going to be working too, me though. You nah, know, nah, I think pay- it was true. Like really? uh, he, he really did. Like he had like that weird the, the literally the intangible that you can't explain to people, where like he he believed his gimmick and he was like mysterious and he would say stuff and he was dark in a in a way that like uh, carried over into his real life. Like that line between like pro wrestler and person were blurred. And I think that's what it takes a lot of times to have that intangible factor. How but would also, you describe Jake the Snake's gimmick? He's a he was also six four, right? So Jake, Jake's a tall guy. Oh yeah, I didn't even he's, know. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's not he's not small. Right. Jake the Snake like was still like six four, like two fifty. Yeah. One of the, one of the first small like Bret Hart was always known for being small. Yeah. In comparison, but I always thought he was so jacked when I was a kid. Well, he's got those wide look, shoulders. You look if you look if you if you're lean, you look bigger on TV. I mean, Miz's dad always used to give him crap for being so much smaller than me. And um, realistic, like uh, when Miz and Morrison were a tag team on TV, I was like six one, two oh five, and really lean. And Miz is about the same height, but he was like two twenty and just kind of a little puffy. Yeah. And, and on TV, like yeah. his dad was convinced that I was like two forty. Yeah. Like, and he'd always be like, Mike, I just if if you wanna if you wanna break out, you gotta you gotta. <laughs> Put on weight and get big like John. I mean, Miz is like a classic example. Shows what his dad did. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) sounds uh, sounds like just straight up abuse. Uh, But so no, it worked out for Miz, is what I was saying. No, well, Miz, you watching what he's up to lately? um, I I haven't watched in in a week or two, but I've 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 been following. I, I still I'm a fan of wrestling. Still, I still watch Raw whenever I can. Yeah, that's that's that surprises me. I mean, well, 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 that was one of my questions. We'll get back to it, but it does surprise me. I always feel like, although I do admit that the 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 raw that I watch is usually that twenty minute you recap YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's still more than I think a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers do. Yeah. So you had that you had a drive where it was like you were un, unshakable, which I think kind of like it, you have to have that to be I successful. Think so. to- I, I had that coming up, but as an improviser at UCB, right. like when I was young, right out of college, I was like, I will not. I will not fail at this. Like, I will not fail. And I was yeah. just every night doing it, doing it, watching it, you know? And I think, you know, and I, you know, you were in your 20s, right? So, I mean, yeah. at that age, something in your brain, you're so enchanted or something. No, I mean, it's a, a, it's the cynicism. I think that creeps into you later in life. Right. But if, if, you, uh, if you have that ability to just completely remove that from, like, your psyche and you're like, I'm gonna do it. This is gonna work, and this is how it's done. And you just go 100% full speed ahead, and um, and you break through and you make it. Then that's it. You made it. Yeah. And um, and I mean, obviously, like some people do that, and some people believe that now in their 40s, and they 
they aren't completely in touch with reality, unfortunately. Right. Because there's there's a certain degree of of talent and intelligence and the and the way you go about things that have to take place if you're going to actually make it in improv or wrestling or anywhere, really. Totally. But no, I mean delusion is rampant. But this at is the same Hollywood time, after all. come on. Very success, success. A lot of everyone goes through doubt, and you have to go through a delusional phase to even see what you're capable of. Right. Um, yeah. So then you get on you get on tough enough, and so that you won. Tough enough. I remember that. I was watching that. I think it's the first season I actually watched. Uh, wow. Yeah. And you, uh, well, yeah. It's, um, and you, and you won it. So what was that like? Um, man, it was, uh, well, it was the, the biggest game changer in my life, really. I mean, mm. I went from a, a full time student at UC Davis. Like, I, literally, I, I graduated. Uh, the week before we started shooting Tough Enough. It's just crazy how it, that time worked out. And um, I remember the last couple, the, like the time you spent in college, everyone's, all your friends are like going through that, what am I going to do with my life? Or what's my purpose phase? And I was right there too. And I was thinking, well, I majored in film and geology. Um, I don't want to do geology because uh, I thought that was going to be like kind of, like doing yeah, what, what do you do Jones. with geology? You I, I don't know. A I, teacher? I thought I was going to be like a treasure hunter or Indiana Jones, but it's, <laughs> it's not really what you do. You, you sounds like, like a good gimmick. Yeah, but like you, uh, you, you drill holes in bedrock and you, you sign, fill out reports so people can put pools in their backyards, and you create right. dip slip uh, topography maps and yeah, even like the mineral explanation isn't like it used to be. There's no like, yeah. Anyway, right. so uh, I decided I didn't want to do that and I wanted to do film, but um, there's no clear path to that either. And um, when uh, when Tough Enough happened, it was kind of just like this, like holy shit, like uh, this is this is it. I'm I'm gonna be a pro wrestler, and um, it was it's cool like freedom to put 100 percent of everything I had into pro wrestling. Right, it's a, it's a, that's kind of your first hit of it's your first dose of validation. Yeah, right. Uh, which I think is like is is essential to propelling people. I know I know like. Uh, just comedians who, and I'm always comparing com- comedy to wrestling. It's like why I started the podcast, and I almost forgot it at some point. It's just because it does. Every time I speak to a wrestler, it's it like maps perfectly, right? The the career paths, and, and the, well, I imagine comedians have to get over like wrestlers have to get over, well, right? Totally, like you, have you have to get over. And I remember, I remember moments, at, 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 you know, at the theater. And I, look, I still got a long ways to go, but I remember. Let's just talk about other people. I remember some of my friends seeing them get validation, seeing like somebody who we all respect clearly and publicly admire their work and them just instantly being better just from that, just from like somebody tapping you. Yeah. uh, Do you think, did you have a taste of that from Tough Enough? Um, 100%. Although I I don't think I was a... was skilled enough or understood enough about wrestling at the time that I won right. tough enough to really have the the improvement as a pro wrestler. Right. What I had was though the uh, like the confidence and like uh, the confidence that I'd made the correct decision that um, being a pro wrestler was not something that was impossible. Which is I, what I originally kind of thought. I mean, um, I grew up in Southern California, and my my mom's a professor at USC. Uh, my dad was a lawyer, right. so you don't grow up thinking like, "Hmm, I could be a pro wrestler," because everyone that I knew growing up and everyone that I knew when I was in college 
was planning on uh, going to school, graduating, and having a career, and uh, and working hard, maybe starting a business or working their way up to a management level. But there's a clear career trajectory, right? And uh, pro wrestling wasn't part of that. No. And uh, that tough enough win was uh, what kind of gave me the validation and like the realization that like, no, uh, the way life works is you can you can do whatever you want, even if you want to do something really stupid. Right. Um. But I mean, unfortunately, if you do something really stupid, it doesn't work. Then, uh, well, then you just got <laughs> to get in the time machine, time, right? Yeah. Get in the time machine, exactly. Oh yeah, uh, right. Cool. So then you went to uh, then you went to OVW. I always skip over OVW because it's not NXT. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't open. We. I didn't watch OVW. We didn't get to see it. You know. Fair enough. Do you? But I'm when you look at NXT, do you feel like? I don't know, jealous no, or how do you feel all. about I'm, NXT? I, these I guys sucked, who get to like. I sucked when I was at OVW. Right. And I'm glad that it was OVW because uh, it would uh, it was more freeing. Um, the way that they've monetized NXT and they they have people in their developmental system making them money is is cool and it creates a pressure that maybe makes some of their talent get better faster. Right. But for my um, in my case, because I was fresh off tough enough and I didn't have enough experience right. really, I had no business. I would have had no business being on NXT after tough enough. Right. So. Um, me sucking in Shelbyville and in front of small crowds in Ulitic, Indiana or Seymour or wherever was, was great. And I'm glad that I, I got to learn how to work in front of small crowds and not on national television. Right. Cool. So, uh, the, I think when I was first introduced to you besides like in WWE was as like Eminem, yeah. uh, Eminem, uh, right. the tag team. Uh, was was you, Melina, and uh, Joey Mercury. It's cool. Like Joey Mercury's like he's still there. He like works there. I guess is he a well, trainer? He's gone. He's gone now. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Well, he was there. I thought he works behind the scenes still. No, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what happened oh. to Joey. I know um, he was there. He was gone. Uh, he was there. He's gone. And um, then he was there again. Was working with oh. Jamie and him and, and Jamie Noble were doing that like uh, JJ Security for for, for Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah. And then um I. Th- then I think he was gone again, and I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm supposed to be doing a show now, though, for uh, with Joey and Luke Gallows in uh, in near Atlanta on June 16th. Yeah. And I haven't seen Joey in a really long time, and um, I'm really stoked to be doing that show. So, um, oh, so you haven't kept you guys haven't kept touch. Is that I always think it's crazy because he's like bald. Yeah. And I just think of you guys with like the long with like the long hair and Melina. She had like the long hair. And then he he's look completely changed. Look, I relate. My my hair my hair is going. You I mean you're I'm going fighting it. You're going strong. No, I'm fighting it. What? It, you it, on it all catches the, up to everybody. Every medication not possible like me? Just dumping the Rogaine just, on I got the, the Rogaine. I got the Rogaine. The laser brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. Have the, you have the laser? The laser Oh, yeah. Really? Do you yeah, use man. the laser? And, and uh, what, does it work? Well, I don't think it works. I don't think it works either. I don't think any of it works. Like if yeah. sometimes if your hair if, when your hair goes it just goes sometimes. You can't, I think you it's can't just fight it it's much. just the deal. Yeah. Uh but it's you know it's it's all good. It's, it's a very unpopular. It's very popular uh uh in style haircut for uh, wrestlers. The bald yeah. head. Yeah. So all right. So you uh, Eminem, I thought I thought that was a cool uh uh tag team. I remember you told this funny story when you did Ascat the first time we met about being on the road where you had the belt. Yeah, it was like you and Molina in the car driving, and you got pulled over. Oh, dude, yeah. this, this is kind of funny because I didn't even remember this story yeah. until, uh, yeah, that was that was the story where like uh, I was I was speeding and we got pulled over in Cleveland, probably. Yeah, and um and the and the cop wanted to take pictures with the bell. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we were. <laughs> yeah, well, you just told we were, the story. Well, we were driving and like uh, they 
a cop pulled us over in Cleveland and like was said like, "Hey, you're going 105 in a in a 65." Were you actually going 105? Um, at least. Right. I was, I was super fast. Like we're almost to the hotel. Yeah. And uh, like I always play uh play nice. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize. Right, right. We've been driving for five hours. Uh. A wrestling show. He's like wrestling. What do you mean? And I'm, then I usually say something like, "Oh, you know, like pro wrestling, like Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker, that stuff." And he's like, "You, I don't think so. No, nope, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. You, you don't look like a pro wrestler." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, actually, um, I'm the Intercontinental Champion right now." <laughs> and he's like, "No." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. The belt's in the, the belt's in the trunk." And um, this is a story that I told at ASCAT. And then he was like, "I don't. I don't believe it." And I was like, well, "Let me let me show you the title." And I got the title out, and he all of a sudden was like, "Oh man!" He marked out. I so remember hard. watching title. I was watching wrestling all the time. The honky tonk man, Jake Roberts, hacksaw. He started doing all that, and then um, we started taking pictures with the uh, with the belt. And um, I didn't think anyone was gonna believe this story, but the next day when I got to TV, uh, Big Vis Viscera yeah. was like, "Hey Johnny, uh, did I drive by you on the highway and there was a police officer <laughs> and you taking pictures with your title on the side of the road?" Yeah. And I was like. Yes. How I'm often, so glad you saw that. How often does it happen when wrestlers like drive by? You're all going the same way. Oh, you all You see the time. each other at the at the stop. So yeah. imagine you're like, I can't. I've never been lucky enough to like be at a road stop and like every fucking wrestler is taking a piss there. I just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just hang there and take a picture with every wrestler. It's maybe like, you uh, could, maybe you could plot that out. You yeah, know, if you're like, yeah. okay, WWE's got a show in Fresno and then a show in. That's LA. not weird, right? That's not weird. I predict about an hour and a half from Fresno, maybe near Bakersfield. They're gonna all be taking pisses at the seventy six. <laughs> it could work. It would. It probably would work. So wait. So you and uh, you and Melina dated, right? At one point. Or, yeah. Or not for get, for a long time. Not to get too personal. Um, I don't want to bring that up. But I just well, I am curious about dating someone that dating on the roster. Like it's in wrestling. Like my wife's a comedian, right? Uh, and I think like there's some challenges there. So I kind of relate. I, I'm always curious about all the wrestling couples. You're just traveling like. If that and you're working together, well, there's, and I, there's pros and cons. One, yeah. uh, the pro is if you're dating someone that's not a wrestler, it's really hard for them to understand exactly your life, like what you're doing, where you are, like, and when you're trying to explain, like, I was wrestling, like, uh, I was wrestling Undertaker, and this and this and this happened um, to someone that's not a, a wrestler. They're like, uh, cool. So what? But um, probably right. the same thing with comedy, right? I mean, I'm sure. I, I don't think I could date someone who's not a comedian. Like I, people are always, and and I think most people say the opposite. There, they say shit like, uh, "Hey, I, like I don't know, I'm never dating another comic because I guess there's a lot of egos involved. It's probably similar, like two performers, and you're talking about getting booked, and one person gets I, this. I and, do like to be the one with the ego in the relationship. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, and okay. I imagine, I mean, imagine like uh, comedians are the same way. You know, like. Uh, it, it's like when you're a performer, I think a lot of times um, you're a little bit selfish for attention. Like, seriously. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of times that I want it to be about me. And um, so that's the con. When you're dating another performer, entertainer, both of you have entertainment careers. Both of you have that mindset. And um, sometimes there's friction when, when that happens. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think that... Uh like I can imagine being on the road together, it could be like a really nice thing because you kind of just it's like a it's like a free trip and you like travel the world together on the company's dime, and that's kind of a nice thing. But then also I could see it where it's like, hey, I'd like to have my work time, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about 
So, e- when you won the ECW championship, right? That's mm-hmm. another example of what I'm saying, like a make-a-wish. Like, you got to be the ECW championship. ECW didn't even exist anymore. They bring it back, and then right. you get to be the champion. You know what I mean? Right, and like, like I said before, I was a huge fan of it. Right. That was the first time I got to watch the, I mean, the Mexicals in WWE, but then it was Psychosis and Hooventud and uh, Super Crazy and, and Ray and, and, right, man, Dreamer, even Stone Cold was there, like, for a while. Um yeah, dude, Sabu, Sandman, all that, all those guys. Oh yeah, Sabu, Sandman, all those guys. RVD came back. Yeah, RVD, he beat, Sabu. He beat Cena for the title yeah. uh, originally. Well, Remember, like yeah. that was cool. I would go to all the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, like shows, and then uh, like you know, I, I it, it did have that feel of old ECW. I think they kind of you know at some point they had to blend it into WWE, and I think that was probably led to its demise. Although I don't know how you feel about it. Oh uh, man, and yeah, I mean the when, original, like, the, the original. The original, what made ECW cool and had that cult following was, uh, was the the drugs and the violence and the language. Like ECW was a rated R product, uh, in my opinion, and yeah. like it made it have this like, this hardcore appeal that you you couldn't have with WWE because WWE is a publicly traded company right. and they've got blue chip sponsors like Walmart and JC Penney and stuff. Yeah. So right. So that 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 kind. Of, but it's still the champion. I was like, I remember when you won that belt. I was like, what a great spot for him. I just felt oh, like, yeah. yeah, I remember it being like, that's, he feels like the ECW champion, like, we have a guy who can do. Well, I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be in that match originally. Yeah, well, that's my point. That's what yeah. I want to bring up. I'm not cutting you off, but it's, you weren't supposed to, Chris Benoit was supposed to be in that match uh, against, uh, who was it, Punk? Punk. It was CM Punk. Yeah. It was you against CM Punk, and that was for the belt, and you weren't supposed to be in that belt. Chris Benoit canceled that night for a family emergency because right. of what happened. So no one knew what happened that day, and I remember all day, like, they told me if Benoit didn't show up that I was going to replace him. So the, all day I was hoping that he didn't show up. Yeah. And um, we, we went out, we had the match, and then the next day was the night that they pretty much canceled Raw because they found out what had happened for real with, with Benoit. Well, they had, like, a tribute to him, that, that Raw, right? Actually, that's that's right. They had the tribute because they didn't know exactly what happened. They didn't know the happened. details. They just, they just Although I remember watching it knowing that I knew the details already. Like, I, I had known it, uh, and I think... Part of me always I, thought that they turned a blind eye. Like, they kind of were like, you, uh, they, they had half details and were like, you know what? This is Chris Benoit we're talking about. We're we're doing a tribute to him. I, um, I think there's probably some people that uh, maybe knew more details. And then there was other people that it, I was I was blissfully optimistic. I did not. I did not at the time, knowing Chris and his family, think that what had happened had actually happened. I thought it was a tragedy until the the day after when the the true details came yeah, out. Yeah, like it's weirdly I, this this term doesn't even feel correct, but it's like bittersweet. Like it's this weird thing that you there's no way they had a plan for you to win the ECW championship. You weren't even supposed to be. Uh, no, bittersweet. It was a tragedy. I mean, yeah, it was it was a lucky thing that happened for my career, but in like I in mean, real just life. from the perspective of you in a completely oh, non feelings based yeah. way, just like that. Oh, oh well, that, yeah. Of course, that's you. No one would want that. You would take right. the belt away in a second to have Chris back and, sure. to, and and to have his you know his wife and child be alive. Yeah, of course, that's a terrible thing. Uh, but it is kind of incredible that that night is like you're it, you won your your in general in the, title. in the terms of like uh, opportunities in wrestling. Um, Macho Man gave uh, Shawn Michaels advice one time when Shawn was uh, everyone goes through down periods when they're feeling like they're not being used appropriately or like their dream of wrestling isn't turning out the way that they had thought and Macho Man's advice to Shawn was don't take yourself out of the game kid and um, I th- 
what he meant was with wrestling, stuff like that happens. I mean, wrestling's a crazy business where opportunities come out of nowhere. I mean, take Sunday, for example. Yeah. I uh, was scheduled originally to be in part of the Raider Reyes match at AAA. Right. And for uh, for some other reasons, they, they needed to have the, the titles change. And um, they ended up, because of the booking and the way it all worked out, having it be all the titles on the line in one match. And it was uh, me versus Tejano versus Hijo de Fantasma. And um, I ended up winning all the titles in AAA. Right. Their heavyweight title, their intercontinental title, and their cruiserweight title. Yeah, it's awesome. First time in history. Yeah. And it was the same, not the same situation, but it was a, a situation where because I was there, I, was, I hadn't taken myself out of the game. Um, the opportunity arose, and um, what happened was I won all the titles. Yeah, no, that that's great. I mean, we were eventually gonna yeah. gonna get to that, but that's that seems that, it's really exciting. And I think you were talking a lot about your WWE career because it's what's most to me. It's like what I'm the most familiar with from your career. And well, it's your podcast. And, you and, can ask the questions. No, 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 no. But I think the stuff you're doing now is really exciting. I went to a Lucha Underground taping, so and I was I was really blown away by it i thought it was the coolest atmosphere i was watching you like warm up on the side you know because i had like the vip tickets which yeah. means they give me bagel bites oh yeah uh, which no, is dope. Like, <laughs> the full catering and the, the full bar yeah the bagel bites and those the, small glasses of wine it was yeah yeah, yeah. no there was beers it was all <laughs> yeah. it was fucking awesome i was with a dude who know you but i forgot i forgot his name he was like a, a he's a stunt guy he did okay. stunts. He, I was with all like the uh, with the video game high school guys. Uh, and, oh, cool. And, yeah, they, okay. and they were like, they know I'm a big That's wrestling awesome. fan. Yeah. So uh, my my boy uh, Jim Jimmy Wong, they brought me along. Uh, but yeah, I I, I loved it, uh, and I, I want to go again. Uh, I think that's really exciting, especially I'm watching Lucha Underground stuff on Netflix. I've been waiting for it to come on Netflix because it's hard to. It was hard to watch before. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this Netflix deal. Yeah. So, uh, so Lucha Underground seasons one and two were on Netflix as of March fifteenth. Yeah, I'm five episodes season, in, and I, I love it. Season three is uh, twenty episodes have aired on the El Rey Network. The second half of season three starts airing May thirty first. Um, as far as a performer. I've gotten tons of uh, stuff from social media, but also just from friends and family that have seen Lucha Underground on uh, on Netflix that could never watch it before. Because you're right, like a lot of people don't get the El Rey Network. Yeah. So, the but next also when you see El Rey Network, it's it's Spanish speaking network, right? No. No. Uh, El Rey just... is uh, is English speaking content for Latin audiences. But okay. because you said that is a good example of like a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. And um, the El Rey Network is not is not in a ton of homes. It's a it's a smaller network. It's not easy to get. You have to specifically add it to your cable plan. But um, what Netflix has a hundred million subscribers in North America that uh, that get Netflix and can now watch the Underground if they choose. I think it's a major deal that it's on Netflix, dude. I, it's it's gonna be huge. And what it, what I'm interested in seeing is uh, what happens now. Like what like what is this gonna mean for Lucha Underground? Yeah, and most I, importantly, what's it gonna mean for me? You know, huh? you know, I'll be t perfectly frank about, the, uh, honest about Lucha Underground. I think it's awesome. I love it. I think part of you, you specifically, are one of my favorite parts about the show. Uh, actually, you're my favorite part of the show because hey, you're like he has to say that because I'm sitting right here. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just playing. No, no. If uh, Prince Puma was right here, I'd punch him in the gut. Oh, um, I don't know if you go that far. No, I would. I would never ricochet. I'm not going near that dude. <laughs> that dude's a beast. Uh, I, I would love to get him in here, but I wouldn't punch him. Yeah, he's uh, super nice, man. He'd he'd uh, kill it on your podcast. Yeah, he's. He, you want uh, me to get a hold of him now too? Is that? Could you call him right now? 
Because I'm actually just, fucking let me done just with add you. Him, add him to the list. Once uh, I got my awesome FPJ, Benoit point RVD, the Triple H. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll see what um, we can do. Um, <laughs> you, uh, so you good on time? Because I got a couple. I got more things. I got more things. All right, cool. Um, so, uh, and remember, Boone the Bounty Hunter. We just keep reminding you. Video on demand, May 9th. And DVD release on June 6th. Go Boone watch this, this man sold his house. Boone Voyage. For it. Uh, Boone, yeah. Uh, Badge of the Boon. After Boone Delight. Okay, so. All right, so yeah, things, Lucha. My thing is this is about, as a, as, a, as a, look, I'm a WB mark, yeah. right? I grew up on, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel. So did You I. know, I grew up with all that yep. in, in your houses, all that. So I'm not trained. I'm not like a, a Lucha um uh, connoisseur, you know what I mean? Well, the but, the main thing that Lucha Underground is doing, really, is um, so Lucha Libre, like specifically the the style that you see in Mexico, yeah. Um, I think has a lot less psychology than your American pro wrestling, WWE, uh, WCW, all that stuff. Lucha Underground, what, what they're doing is uh, creating a hybrid with American psychology and storytelling with the Lucha, and um, it's a it's a fusion. So you're you're meeting in the middle. And that's why I think Lucha is is so appealing to uh, to people that are going to those hipster indie shows. I I agree. It is like a blending of Lucha. No, you're talking about PWG and and, and, no, and no, I appreciate all those hipster indie shows. No, they just, some about, of those guys deserve some shit. Like TNA, some of those guys deserve some shit. Uh, but is TNA a hipster show? TNA feels like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it now. No, wait, I no, just hold like, on. You, I I just like, wait, I think you're starting to I work. I just like there. making fun of every think, every every Fed is like one of those hipster indie Feds. I think I read an article that you will R-O-H, be working there TNA. starting tomorrow. So <laughs> I think I just read an article. Um, I remember we talked about that for a second when I walked in. So what? Uh, who, who am I working for? And what's going on? I, when I read an article I, I, as we were walking in, it I was didn't sent have to time me to uh, look by at the uh, one of the Jabroni acts. Nick Ligger, he said that Triple A. There's a picture of Jeff Jarrett shaking hands with the Triple A guy. Yeah, and uh, and he, and they, you know, they made some kind of deal. But I they literally were, was uh, walking in. So the the Jarretts, Jeff and Karen, my buddy Raf from uh, formerly with WWE, and um, who's that? Uh, uh, Raphael, a guy. Oh, he's okay. a nice guy. We're uh, <laughs> we're at uh, okay. we're at Triple A at the Raider Reyes uh, pay per view in Monterey, and um, I know they were trying to work out a deal. And uh, apparently, your jabroniac Nick said that they did. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah, I think so. I think and I think it's in response. Johnny Mundo is getting his uh, his news. TNA seems that they you know a bunch of the talent left. So, so uh, I find out what's happening with my life on the yeah Impact on Dance Impact Wrestling officially announces partnership with Mexico's AAA. Ooh, nice. on Cage Side Seats. That's a legit site. Cage side seats. I actually I love com. cage side seats. I want to give them a pop. They've posted a couple of my things before, and I dig them. And I also like the articles. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, it would be cool. Who tried to buy cage side seats? Dot com. Bounty Hunter. Just throwing it out there. Boone the Bounty Hunter. Check it out. The the masks. I yes. don't like. There's too many masks, and that's. I know that's. I think that might be very offensive to Mexican wrestlers, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they're very, but I think <laughs> it is right. Yes, it is. And but but, but we, we should talk about it honestly. Is that I think there's something I can't shake where facial well, here's, expressions here's is what a th- big part of wrestling to me. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, like Del tell Rio me, tell me this. The mask Do you, was the best thing for his career, and he'll even 100% say hundred percent agree with you. But also look at Del Rio. I mean, like, um, he's he's jacked no homo, up, dude. But uh, he's a very good looking, dude. He's he's ripped. Um, yeah. his face his face conveys emotion. And yeah. um, with, without the mask, he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, look at uh, here's an example of someone who I think makes the mask work for him. Mysterio. Uh, yeah. 
like when you when you watch Ray and when I watch Ray, I feel emotion pouring out of him through the mask. The mask doesn't bother me. He is the he is the exception to the rule, but there's always an exception to the rule. No, I think and there's he, more than one exception. But um, he's he's like the best well, like example. Kane. Well, I mean, I was I was gonna I was gonna go with uh, with luchadors, <laughs> but I guess no. Well, no, I, I'm being unfair. But okay, compare Ricochet when he's Prince Puma to Ricochet. I'm like, when I see him in the mask, I'm like, take the mask off, man. Like you're Ricochet. Yeah, I know. He's a I, stud. He's you know, he's another example of a like guy that looks like a million bucks, right? Yeah. He he looks like a star without the mask, and the Puma mask is uh is very concealing. Like he's just got those two eye holes. Yeah. There's not a lot of space. Um, I I uh. I agree with you. My and point is not. I just wanted to clarify. My point is not to say that we shouldn't have masks in lucha wrestling. That would be crazy and borderline racist. But what I'm saying is that, like, when I went to the show, I was like, "There's too many masks, and I don't know these guys." You know, and this is like a relatively new company, and I want to like, I want to know the talent. You know what I mean? Right. And Rey Mysterio, he was the one lucha in WWE, so that kind of worked for him. But when it's like a sea of but luchas, you stand out. Do you know uh, what I'm saying? Which is which I like. It's good for me. No, but I mean it's, the, it's awesome for you. What was my point? The point that I was gonna make was, um, I mean, Ray is a good example of someone that's. Uh, I mean, he started wrestling when he was fourteen. He's, he's been wearing a mask and doing lucha for his entire life. But yeah. he's had all this time with uh, ECW, WCW, WWF, WWE to to learn how to convey emotion while wearing the mask. And when you're when you're wearing a mask, I believe you have to wrestle differently than you wrestle when you're not wearing a mask similar to uh when you're when you're wrestling if when i'm wrestling for lucha underground i know it's a tv show and i know they have good cameras so i can be more subtle than i would right. be if i was wrestling for a for a, like a big live show for like a triple a live event for example because it's not for cameras it's for a live crowd then you you want to be bigger um Mastering the subtleties of facial expressions and body movement and telling stories with with nonverbal body language uh, is a is a big part of what I think separates someone from uh, someone like Rey Mysterio, who I identify immediately. Like when he's hurt, when he's fired up, I sympathize right away because he's that good at conveying emotion. Totally from someone who, I mean, Ricochet had never worn a mask before before uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. And um and when I watch him, I I still I feel like when I watch him in Lucha Underground, I still feel like I'm feeling his emotion. But he uh, he trained as Ricochet, and um it's it was newer to him, and I think he he kills it. And if you until you watch season three, but look I, again, I said I'm newer to it. Like I, I'm admitting that I'll change my opinion. And uh, oh yeah, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have another podcast after you've watched more Lucha. No, and I, you look, you're all, I, you're all. I think I think that um it's a. Uh, it's a big part of what makes Lucha Lucha is the masks. Yeah, well, I will say that, like, when I, the taping I came to, Ricochet came out. He wasn't even in his ring-ring gear. He did, like, one—it was a squash match. He just came out, just pummeled this dude, one move, and he well, did, like, a flip. And I was with, like, this guy is the man. And he was—and I didn't—and and I, I, I was—I didn't know he was Ricochet even. Yeah. You know, because he was wearing the mask. Right. And there was something cool to his anonymity there where I would have just been like, that's Ricochet? But the character, I really you 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 get the character, but still, it's it. I think I just think the cin the cinematic element of Lucha Underground is so good. It's ahead. It's before Final Deletion, you know. Oh yeah, uh, it was ahead of it. Right. That part of me just thinks like, too. If there's too many characters in masks, then it takes away from the the acting to me. Um, a, I, 
It's just my opinion. It's a, no, it's an interesting like it's an interesting take on it. But like uh it makes on, you on the awesome other though. side, like <laughs> for sure. Like that's what I love. I mean, I like I like the chance to stand out. But I think that uh part of what makes I mean part of what makes Lucha Lucha is that luchadors oftentimes wear masks. <laughs> and not even in AAA do all the luchadors wear masks. It's usually about I uh, just making it up, but half the roster. But um I think that uh, the more the more you watch Lucha Underground the more familiar you can get with the specific masks because everyone's mask, like from Aerostar to Drago to Phoenix to Pentagon, um, means something different. And if you look at, uh, like, look at Pentagon, like his character presentation. Yeah. He's one of the ones that I think really has it nailed as far as understanding who he is in the ring and what Pentagon means to him and what it means to the people. His presentation of his his gear and his mask and his face paint tell a story. And I, I think that at its best, that that's what the the mask does, is it creates, like, this alter ego that is a little bit more superhero-like, and I think that's one of the cool appeals of Lucha Underground. Totally. And I'm 100% biased, and even to compare it to comedy, I have comedians, uh, like one of my friends, she's a comedian from Venezuela, and she, that's where she trained, and they train in clowns like the, it's clown school that's that's where their comedy is and so she has a fully developed clown character yeah you know what i mean but then when you come to america like we expect you to just be like super honest we want to hear like you come out and just be like yeah i took a shit in my pants today you know right. what i mean we just felt like true like we i don't know what that is we want like honesty so i think it's like when a guy's called like when you come out and you're like this is john uh this is john morrison that's you cool know? no that's a pretty interesting like uh analogy because you're, you're right. I mean, I'm, it's I think, cultural difference. So for me yeah. to judge it is kind of fucked up. But in a way, I think I'm right. <laughs> oh, you would think you're right. You're so American. Ziggs, that is that fucked Boom. up. But uh, no, I think okay. it's a cool cultural difference because you're right. Like in in lucha, I, I think it is more more performance based. Like that's part of what yeah. they're going to see is this performance. And um, in in WWE, in like, a, I guess you're right, in American entertainment, but it's definitely in American uh, wrestling. It's a, uh, it's more about who the person is. Totally. All right, moving on. We just figured out pro wrestling. That stuff's all good, man. Move, moving on. So, because uh, the thing I, I have to mention to you, because I got the dirt sheet mentioned here, which is, you know, I love. I, I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, although you're probably asked about Cage it a million times. Com. Okay, we got yeah. that. You're probably asked about it a million times. Although, if is there anything that that I can you, add? Yeah. Any inside information? Anything you can add. I don't even know what you're going to ask. No, I'm just saying, like, how uh, that that seems like the kind of thing, from what I hear about it, it's something you guys kind of organically came up with uh, in the back. Is there, fa is there factual to that? What? Is that fact? You didn't ask it. You didn't oh, ask when what? you and Miz were making the dirt sheet. Oh, the dirt sheet. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. You oh, didn't hear me. I thought No, I thought you were talking about the... Uh, oh, the actual dirt sheet. The actual dirt sheet. Oh, yeah, sheets. yeah. That is um, confusing. No, the, the dirt sheet, yeah, was, uh, mm -hmm. was something that we came up with, like, uh, we were... We were a tag team at the time, right. and we didn't feel like we were getting enough promo time. And um, when you're on the road, you have those four-hour rides between towns. And um, yeah. usually we would just clown on the roster. Like, yeah. uh, and then um, there was a there was one ride where we were like, you know what we need to do? We should just do an internet show where we're the same type of humor and jokes that we're telling in the car. We just do online because we're not getting a chance to say it on TV, and this would at least get our personalities out there. Right. Which is, is what we did, and it ended up working out really well. It's kind of like cool. I was thinking about it today because uh, it, it, it's great. Uh, it, 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 we, we Sometimes on this podcast, and I asked Ziggler about it, Stone Cold. You went on Stone Cold's podcast, right? Yeah. 
That's dope. Uh, I wish you would have me. Just some guy. I mean, you and Stone Cold. Yeah, same, they were just, same cho- just a couple podcasters. Just chop, chop I mean, it up. Chop no. up about podcast stuff. He And that is Stone Cold's always welcome. He's always welcome. Want me to get old Stone Cold? From Gimmick Street. Want me to see if I can get Stone Cold? Do you, you want to call him right now? Uh, does there a set? I'll call him after. Yeah, uh, I'll call him. I don't okay. want to interrupt. We, oh, okay. We're, we're going to talk about the <laughs> news. I don't right want to now. call Stone Cold. Yeah. But he always talks about like grabbing the brass ring. Yeah. He, that's his big thing. He's like, none of these guys are grabbing the brass ring these days. You right. Know? And um, I try to understand that point because wrestling is so, it feels so scripted nowadays. It's PG. There feels so many limitations on the performers and like time constraints. And, right. Uh, even we had a conversation the first time we met and you were just like, yeah, I always get 10 minutes. Like it was something, some, some Man, kind of conversation. When did I do that ass cat? Was that 2012? It was, was it, it was a while back. Because I lived in New York at the yeah. time. It was in New York. I think that was probably like when I was, I was shooting a, this this horror movie in Brooklyn. Yeah, and I came over for the Ascat. Yeah, uh, man, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was yeah. That, that was. Well, I'll I'll remember it because that was probably my first interaction with the WWE star wow. where I got to ask him anything. Yeah, you know what I mean on a, on a level where they would they would want to talk to me as like not just wow. like a fan because you're like oh he's doing this show so he's got some he's got some validity to him right you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah. totally uh, so 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 to me it's a conversation to you was a Total throwaway. No, I remember you. It was, I, but to of me, course it was, I remember that I remember conversation. We eat pizza. In the, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm you just guys, kidding with you. If you're not seeing I, I, that he made sarcastic I was, eyes, at me. I was, I was really nervous actually for, for doing the ass cat. Yeah, it's like your world. That well, day. that's the interesting thing about that show is that yeah. a lot of people come in and they're like super nervous yeah. to do the show, and they're like people that are so successful. And it's like, and you're like, hey, what, what? You just gotta. You gotta just talk. Just go you know, there. we're the ones nervous to be around you. But there is a weird thing where none of us actually are. Because you come into like our den. No, that's what I mean. Like, you know I was I mean? like walking in, I was like, "Oh man, I hope I don't mess up this ass cat show." No, like, I, no, 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 no. You were you you were awesome. Uh, and you told that story that stuck with me about like yeah, the belt, about the speeding ticket thing. Yeah. So, uh, but I think like that's an example of how I think in today's times you can grab for the breast ring is outside of the ring. Like if you look at like Xavier Woods, he's got his like up, up, down, down, uh, and you know, and and and. And uh, I'm not going to mention his other stuff. He's got other stuff going on that I did, forgot. He's just talking himself into I just talked no myself into a corner there. Yeah. He's got some other viral videos. Xavier um, Woods. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. We're not promoting any of that stuff here. But uh, but I'm saying, like, you know, like that, where you're like, hey, we're gonna, let's make something before the network, before they had, like, Ride Along and shows like that. Let's make something that gets over with people that's, right. like, and- out, uh, stuff that we can control. Totally, and and so Miz and I wrote and produced seventy-seven episodes of the Dirt Sheet, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. It's a weekly show. The cool thing was we didn't have to do any post. Yeah. Our, our buddy Stank uh, handled all the posts. We actually called him Stank. Stank. You know, Stephen Stankovic. Oh, okay. But uh, that's fair. That's fair. We call him Stank. Yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, he worked hard. He could have changed that name before we met you guys. That's on him. He, he could have. Um, and he should have. But uh, he probably should have. I think he got married. I don't know if. Never mind. He took his wife's name? No, I don't know. I don't like, so. yeah, what's your last I don't name? I think it works that Smith, way. Smith, I think. Like, yeah. Just give it to me. I don't want to be stank anymore. I, I always thought of grabbing the brass ring in, in those terms, too. Like, yeah. Find a way to get your personality across, and um, if you're not getting the time to do it on TV, you're right. Like what Xavier Woods did with his YouTube channel, what Zack Ryder did with True Long Island Story, yeah. what we did with the Dirt Sheet is a, is a way you can take your career into your own hands. Totally. Uh, a lot of times, I think what uh, Stone Cold means by grabbing the brass ring is um, like, uh, look at what DDP did in, in WCW. Like, he 
believed his own hype so much that um, it became true. Right. He, like, he believed his gimmick. He believed in himself 100% of the time, all day, every day. He went to the, the Monster Factory. He trained. He, like, through sheer force of will, forced himself to get better, forced himself to, uh, to become that person that he, that he visualized. Yeah. And I think, th- like, another people that have done that lately is uh, Kevin Owens yeah. has done that. AJ Styles did that. Yeah, AJ, and, so great. Yeah, and uh, AJ, I mean, if you if you look at, like, probably what they had planned for him was uh, a little run and then dropped down to the mid-card and then who knows. But um, because he believed so hard in his talent and um, he knew where he wanted to be, he just forced himself to go there. Yeah, no, totally. You saw him improve. Even, like, you see it, it's... Well, I mean, so many things about him. Like when I see him, I describe him as phenomenal, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about his gimmick. You're right. like, oh, that was just phenomenal. He's just like living the gimmick in, yeah. in a way that he, you like, oh, you get into it. You I also swear see he's to, gotten to make bigger it, since he's in WWE. To make it in wrestling, I, I, I really believe you have to, you have to believe your own hype to some extent. Yeah, which is, which is crazy because there's this weird triangle of your, you have to believe your own hype to. To be that character in the ring, but if you believe your own hype all the time, ultimately you're gonna bleed over to your personal life, and that who you are in the ring bleeds over to your personal life, and you're gonna maybe create unhappiness for yourself in your real life. So you have to draw a line somewhere, and um, it's what we want that, as fans. That tightrope walk is uh, is the most difficult part, I think, of being a pro wrestler, especially right. a successful pro wrestler. You get you get into that character probably more than, like, a movie star when they're like, oh, he's, you know, like... Uh, uh, Freddie uh, Blassie wrote about it in his book. He, really? Uh, he said um, he went out to, to a diner with his mom after he'd been classy Freddie Blassie for, I don't know, 30 years. And um, the waitress got his order wrong. And... Uh, she like uh, sh- like was walking away and like he said to his mom like that pencil neck geek isn't fit to shine Freddie bless his boots right. and his like his mom was right. like why don't you just be nice to people like you used to and he thought about it and he's like hmm I've been playing this like literally kind of playing the same character for my entire career like you said an actor has a role for a year or two or maybe if you're on Broadway you play the same character for a couple years right but um, in wrestling it's like your your method you're playing the same character for. 20 years, 30 years, depending on how long your career is. And and it's and a lot of it's improvised. A lot of it's on the spot. So right. you're trained to respond a certain way to to lines you hear. So you're trained to be like, whatever comes at me, I have to respond in this way. And I'm sure that bleeds into your... Hence into Freddie your, Blassie at the diner. Yeah, that's right? amazing. The, yeah. Immediately, the instinct was to just right. cut a promo on a, on a waiter. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Royal Rumble jump. Sure. So that, uh, I mean, that I... Th- Arguably the best spot in any Royal Rumble ever. You could put it up there. Oh, I'm not going to argue with that. I would I would say so. I think that, well, to me, it's better than any of the, this is like just being a dick, but it's, I'm thinking of, I don't, I can't think of a spot that Kofi did that I liked more than that one. Because well, I think part me neither, of, because it was, well, first of all, it was, it was me doing it, but um, yeah, 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 it was it was different. I mean, like the stuff that Kofi did, like he thought of himself and he, uh, in my opinion, was, was one of the coolest parts of like the the rumbles that after that after I left was watching the what Kofi would come up with, but that that one spot like the way it happened yeah um, there's been a couple of years where I thought about going back and um, I've thought literally like what am I gonna do that's gonna be like that uh, 2010 Royal Rumble or 2011 Royal Rumble right um, and I don't know 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is gonna be really tough to beat. Well, I mean, it's very limited what you can do because the ring is so limited. It's not like there's new objects there every single time. Well, also there's risk. So, I mean, yeah. So the risk could, of I that mean, I could do a backflip off the top rope and land on the guardrail. I could maybe hit that one out of twenty times. But, right. But that. Uh, would you attempt that though? Would that scare um, you? That seems so dangerous. I would probably attempt it under resis and just like look at it and then maybe. Right. I don't know if I would attempt it live. Oh, attempt it under what? What does that mean? Resis. Is that like resi mats? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, right, the, the the crash pads or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And block it out. I, I don't know. It, it's probably possible, but like there's intangibles live. I mean, the that 2010 spot or the, the rumble spot. Like if if I missed, I would have just been out. And um. And you talked about that. You can't, right? oh, yeah, you, I did. And you can't control like uh what the fans are doing. I mean. Who knows if there's gonna be some uh, some fans sitting in the front row like spilled diet coke all over the thing? And- That's my first question. Do they reinforce that wall extra? Do they do anything like that, or or is that two K fame? No, tell me I if mean, I go. They, if I go uh, if I not, pre- not really. They didn't. There was like the, those walls are already pretty enforced, and um, I I knew that I was capable of that. I'd practiced that that uh, that jump. Yeah, and um, I was about like nine out of ten times with it. Nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so yeah, it's great. I think the way it came about is like when every year it started being like, oh, what's Kofi gonna do? So you expected it, right? Like that spot was just like, oh fuck. Yeah, like and the it way was, it hit you, I think that factors in a lot to me because it like, was it was the first one of those. Totally. And then there's there's a couple years when I was watching and I started feeling like, oh man, like what is Kofi gonna do? And like I'm glad I don't have to think of a, <laughs> a rubble spot. Yeah, totally. It's, so, it's difficult, like uh, to think of something that's original and makes sense with the story of the rumble right that you can uh that you can do to pop the crowd like that yeah but you were like what what was there a thought in your head like i gotta do like because they're not gonna let me win this thing right you're like i gotta do something to to, to get a spot or like was it an no, example it grabbing the brass ring it was like i'm just gonna do something cool no i would say like that's a you could say that's an example of grabbing the brass ring it's something that like fans bring up to me all the time but it wasn't like a I didn't expect to win the Rumble, so I just never like because they're not letting me win this year. I'm gonna do it. It was uh, you always um, the the longer I'm with in wrestling or entertainment for that matter, I always think of uh, my time in the ring or in front of people in a movie as a chance to leave a mark on the world. And um, there's Rumbles that I've been in that I didn't leave a mark on the worlds or the people in the arena. Totally. And um, now every time that I have an opportunity to do something like that, I think of it more in those terms like what can i do that's going to leave a mark in the world what what can i do that's going to give people something to talk about and remember and um i think when i started introducing parkour into wrestling yeah and i started thinking more in those terms i started getting it more like what what's the point of entertainment anyway it's emotion really Uh, anyone that's watching a comedy show or a wrestling match or a movie is watching to feel something and whether it's laughter or sympathy or or hurt or whatever they're watching to feel something and um with that spot hopefully i was hoping to leave people with a with a holy shit moment you definitely did it's it was great and you chose to do that right they didn't come to you and say anything like you were like i'm gonna do it yeah they 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 were they said they want something like a they wanted some like holy shit spots they wanted some like they wanted like the michaels dangling the foot yeah like and that was a that was my idea yeah, that, yeah, that was it was that was that was awesome. So like, how, was it hard to leave WWE? Yeah, I mean, yeah, leaving leaving WWE is kind of like walking away from your dream, right? Right. It's what you because you, you left on your own, right? You you know, from I what mean, I know, when when I left, 
Um, and they I wanted turned, to sign you. I turned down a five-year deal, and um, I uh, left on really good terms, and I had really planned to leave for like a year. And um, when I left, I had, I had just come back from neck surgery, and um, it's, it was the first time I like felt like I was not completely invincible. Um, you got a fusion? No, it was not. A, it was I, not I told, a major one. I'm just saying that I don't yeah. know what that is. Oh, I just know wrestlers get fusion. I'm trying to fit in. No, no. You got a fusion. Was, you got F. What you got? F six fusion. No, that's a, I don't know what that is. That's like a keyboard. A, that's a plane. A yeah, I think no. that's a that's a Ford car. Yeah, right? yeah. The, well, the F five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, no, I'm it was, sorry. It was, it was that a minor, was dumb. It was a minor neck surgery. But um, I, I left because I wanted to have the. the I wanted to have the chance, basically, to make Boone the Bounty Hunter. Right. But I didn't leave specifically because I was like, I'm going to make this movie Boone the Bounty Hunter. I left because I wanted to have a chance to... June um, 6th. <laughs> June 6th. But I, I, I left because I wanted to have a chance to um, have some creative autonomy and have control over my own time. And when you're, when you're with WWE and you're on the road and you're doing those 200, 220 shows a year, you're almost... It's like you're in a time machine. Like, you get in, you get on this express train, and it just blows through life. Like, you miss weddings... You miss uh, family events. Can you? Yeah, like that, that's what you miss my, stuff. Yeah, you miss like if you if there's a Saturday night wedding and there's a like you can't go to it. Um, you can sometimes. It's uh, it's tricky. I mean, you can you can maybe go if it's a live event and you right. request. And um, there's times when I did, but then there's also times where like you're gonna be on a Europe tour and or yeah. you're uh, the paper. There's a pay per view the next day across the country. And those are the ones that you can't miss. Yeah, I imagine that can be really hard. So, when you're when you're flying through this life, and like uh, I think that neck surgery I had, I was I was in bed for a couple months. Was the first time I started reflecting on like the dreams I had when I was a kid, the what I wanted to do when I was in high school and college, and I felt like I'd achieved almost everything I'd hoped or thought was possible, or even more than I thought was possible in wrestling, and I hadn't had a chance to work on um any films that i had been wanting to, to play with and um i anticipated taking like a year <laughs> i thought i was gonna take a year off and like right. do a big movie and come back right but um i didn't really understand how entertainment worked yeah it's uh it's not that easy you no. don't just you don't just hop into the entertainment business and do a big movie it just it's not that easy at all no um so uh i left and um started getting into like doubling down on how much I was writing, got my agent, do, did all the auditions, took improv classes here actually, yeah. or at the one on Franklin actually back yeah. then. And um, I still do a, a show once a month, an improv show at Second City. Oh, awesome! Which is which is pretty cool. It's like a it's the like one an with ascot. Ryan? Yeah, like the Flying Chuck show. Yeah, it's named after oh the, yeah the kick I do off the second. The flying yeah, Chuck. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's a it's an ascat that's uh uses a wrestler as the monologist. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I gotta come. Which is pretty cool. I gotta come check that out. Yeah, I don't know, check yeah, it out yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, um, yeah, but and then you said like you had creative differences with the company. Was that with being because you wanted to do creative things, or was anything with your character or where they saw you going? Um, I, I had the. I mean, and and part of this is 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 my my headspace at the time. But I always every week I had like all these weird ideas. Like I was like, I want to have a, a tanning bed match with Sheamus. The, the loser gets locked in a tanning bed for 10 minutes. Yeah. And well, then that sounds awesome. He's going to come out looking like Brother Love. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I want to have a porta potty match with the Miz. Uh, yeah. you, you lock the loser in the thing, you tip it over, and he gets covered in shit. Right. Um, but like all those yeah. ideas, I had like something stupid like that every week that um, we, we never got to do. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it came down to me seeing myself as uh, 
wanting to be the captain of my ship. Like right. me, like I mean, I, like from my standpoint now, like they can't just do all the ideas that John Morrison wants to do. He's got a different weird idea every week. Of course not. Right. It's a it's a business. They've got their top guys. They focus on the top guys, and then whatever else they have time for, they do. Um, so I wasn't the the on the the top of the card at the time. So right. they can't just <laughs> just yeah. give John Morrison carte blanche. But um, for me, I was like, well, I don't. I want to. I want to start doing what I want to do. And it was time for me to take a step back away from them so I could do that. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, I, they got to be paying attention now to what you're up to. I mean, you have all the belts. I mean, the issue with the, the belts. belts I, mean, you, I mean, all playing on all the belts. You've had. It, it's hard to. It's easier to mention which belts you haven't had in WWE to, to mention the belts you do have. When I was going to intro you, I was like, I don't know. He's had the US belt. He's had the IC belt. He's had the ECW belt. He's had the tag belts. I mean, you've had like. You, you, you've you've well, run the gamut. I mean. Honestly, like they, you have a Hall they, of Fame level career. I are mean, they, no question. Are they noticing? I don't know. I mean, maybe, probably, but at the end of the day, like maybe not. I mean, WWE is a full time like they're doubling down. They're doing so many shows that they can probably barely keep track of of what they're doing. Yeah, and um, I just don't care. Like, uh, I care about what I'm doing. Yeah, and um, and you're doing a bunch of cool and shit. If, if our paths cross down the line, great. But if not, that's cool too because I think. With this Netflix deal and Lucha Underground and AAA, um, Lucha Underground right now is is poised, I think, to become a clear uh, number two promotion in the United States. And if it continues to grow like this, there's no telling what could happen over the next five to ten years. No, I I, I think it's really cool. It's exciting. And look, we all know that not only is wrestling at its best when there's competition. Oh yeah. Not only that, there's so much great indie talent that WWE doesn't even understand what to do with. Well, so, it's like they're trying to give wrestlers internships, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're yeah. they're just trying to blanketly, like, well, we uh, mentioned the sign talent from um, from the UK, from, from everywhere, to prevent yeah. um, a lot of, like, the up-and-coming companies in the UK, like Five Star Wrestling, from utilizing their the talent, their homegrown talent. And um, I think it's a sign that they're maybe a little bit nervous on the level of talent and popularity of independent wrestling. Yeah, they're trying to do what they can. I mean, NXT is doing what it can, but that even that anything that touches WWE becomes corporate and loses it, it loses its flash. You know, uh, look at uh, Wrestle Circus in Austin. Yeah, um, Austin, Texas is a pretty cool town because it really prides itself on supporting independent shows. And um, I did my first Wrestle Circus show Friday. Uh, Twelve hundred people. Awesome show. One of the livest crowds that I've ever been in front of. Yeah, it's a lot and they're, of people. They're a new promotion. Like uh, they they haven't been running that long, but it's a uh, it's a testament to how strong the feeling is about supporting independent wrestling, and how much fun that can be had at these independent wrestling shows. Yeah, to- uh, totally. I think that like independent wrestling, I love it. I got into it. Like even when I started this podcast, I was barely into it. Now I've been to a bunch of PWG shows. I went to Lucha Underground taping, and now I'm like watching youtube videos all you know all the time and uh buying independent shirts like it, it's amazing how you can get wrapped up in it because there's so much great shit happening you mentioned young bucks before we i think it was before we were recording like i worry about those guys going to wb they're super small for what wb knows and like what they do with, with wb creative i'm like i could see them just like tanking them uh and they're i, I worry too awesome. about them a little bit but but I will say one thing about the Young Bucks is they're I love those. They're guys. very smart business wise, and they're yeah. aware of their value. So uh, 
I don't know. If if they went to WWE, I, I think WWE would have to pay them what they're worth. And, and WWE would have to let them they let them say say suck it and they do matches that are like a little bit some of their stuff's a little hyper like you know hyperbolic, what's, what's crazy you know what I mean? to me though is is like if you if you reduce it to money which sucks because wrestling is art and um yeah. it's it sucks to reduce it to money yeah but, but if you sure. if you pay money's dope. the young bucks what they're worth um and then you shoot them in the foot by not letting them say suck it not letting them do their stuff right then ultimately you're shooting yourself in the foot because you just Hired like the Young Bucks right. to pop the crowd like the Young Bucks do at PWG and all over the world. Yeah, and then if you don't let them do that, you're just wasting your own money. Totally. So if, I think uh, if if the Bucks went to WWE, wherever they go, they 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 get over. If they went to WWE, I think they're smart enough to know what they're worth and get that. And then WWE hopefully would be smart enough business wise to let the Bucks be the Bucks. Yeah, I I just would love to like I, I get caught up. I'm a kind of a numbers guy in a way, you know. Like I I have a CPA and I like. I I, I I you have a CPA? I, I do. I did oh, before man. I went That's to a fun comedy. Facts. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have my CPA license and like I you know, I get into numbers, I think about it sometimes and WB's payroll and whatnot. But I'm like, I don't know how you don't like a guy like Ricochet, for example, I don't know how you don't just throw whatever money you got at a guy like that. He just seems so valuable to what to to, to what they need. Well he's under contract with the underground. Yeah, sure, but you mean before that. I'm just saying before that, you know, I well, don't know. The landscape was different back then. Yeah. I mean, I, when Lucha started in 2014, um, it was it was before the 205 Live, before like the yeah. UK tournament, before WWE started trying to sign every independent wrestler in the world. <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, really the landscape of pro wrestling is is changing right now just just as fast as the the way people are consuming content is yeah. changing. Like, Everything's changing. I'm going to WrestleMania next weekend or two weekends, or whatever. And I, like Saturday night, the past two years, I went to NXT show. Right. This year, I'm going to ROH. Like I'm going to see Bucks Hardys. You know. Nice. And like I, I want to see you know like I like Adam Cole. I think he's cool. I want to see Cody. Right. Like you know, I was like, hey, you know what? That show is a better card to me than than the NXT card. To, for me, that's crazy. I'm like the most marky WWE guy yeah. ever. The fact that I that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna fly and I'm gonna go to ROH instead. That's just you know, it's a big step. To a lot of people, that's like, that's no, that, not like, a big deal. But I, I understand where you're coming from. You've been doing nothing but talking about WWE this whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. But you're right. That says something. All right. So, okay. To wrap it up. Sure. Let's wrap it up because we've been doing a lot. We've been doing a lot. But I, I, I mean, I think I thank you for coming in here and uh, and chopping it it's up. It's been a long time. Yeah. I like the use of chopping it up. Yeah. That's, that's what Ray Mysterio says every time he's going to talk to somebody, by the way, too. You going to get Ray in here for me or what? Do you want me to get Ray? Is that? You want him to set me straight about the mask? Hold the 619 off uh, one of these uh, microphone poles? Hey, uh, <laughs> Ray, this guy Dan, he doesn't like masks. No, don't gotta, say that. No, that's don't what I'm say saying. That. He, doesn't no. like, he doesn't like masks. Uh, he thinks there's way too many masks in Lucha. I think, first off, <laughs> I did not say that. I, no, I'm, I'm, putting I words, said on, I'm putting words into your, mask, I said your mouth. I on that's Lucha true. Underground, there's too many characters wearing masks. And that's oh, all. Oh, that's pretty much what you said. Okay, yeah, that is mind. what I said. You I said, said almost exactly what I said. <laughs> that was, yeah. Well, I, I just can't help it. I, there's some, the face is so expressive to me. <laughs> I love a nice face. He's a face right. guy. Anyway, Facebook. All right, anyway. So all right, so okay. you 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 watch you watch WB a little bit, or you keep up with it. I'm a fan of wrestling. I, I, watch, so I watch as much wrestling as I can. You gonna watch WrestleMania? I'm gonna be there. You gonna are you gonna watch? You gonna be there? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Orlando. I've got a 
Spiff's birthday party on Friday night where I'm wrestling Ray and Brian Cage. A WrestleCon show. We've got a, oh, awesome. a TLC Where match with when, Cage when on Friday night. These are both Friday night. You're, if your Friday's open. I'm not, I'm not there Friday. I oh, late Saturday morning. Oh, man, you're getting too late. Um, I and then uh, for Friday. Mania, I haven't decided what, what to do yet. The time chain is changed. Screwed There's me. A, the, actually, this, this just kind of fell into my lap. Um, so this Boone the Bounty Hunter thing is being distributed by uh, an affiliate of Sony. Yeah. And um, Sony, I think, has a, has a box at Mania, which uh, I just found out about today. Um, I'm, if I... If the cards fall into place for me, I might just go hang out with the Sony people and watch Mania from the box. Oh, awesome! Cool. If you you know you need some company, I'll be there. You know, in my regular you'd be, seats. You'd be you'd be okay with a, with with watching Mania. <laughs> <laughs> I have seats. I bought seats. I will be there. You should uh, go to. I mean, there's probably a lot to be said for sitting in the crowd at WrestleMania. No, That's no, be I'm, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hang out with you. I figured. Uh, no, I would love to hang out with you. Unless Ray or Freddie Prince Jr. was there, then, um, are you then it'd be different. By the way, are you selling these shirts? No, I brought them for you. No, I know you're giving it to me, but you should sell these shirts because they're oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, they they're gonna. Be for sale soon on BottomLineMerch.com. Just Boone the Mountie Hunter. The Mountie Hunter. The Mountie. Hunter, uh, the Bounty, the that's Mountie. the sequel. Uh, yeah. The shirt is like, it's got a huge, um, it's got it's it's you on there with your shirt off. Just like with a, in almost it's, a Chris Angel like a pose. Classic Americana piece. I yeah. mean, this is a podcast so you can't see, but I'm doing the pose wearing the shirt. It's got and an eagle. Got the American flag draped in the background and the eagle is like just oozing out of your glorious mane. Oh yeah, it's a it's a good shirt. It's, it's a good shirt, it's guys. It's full print, which is missing in a lot of WWE shirts lately. Oh yeah, and I, and I brought these. I don't know if there's uh, there's two, one for you or one to one to give away possibly to a listener. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll give one away. I'm gonna give one away to a listener. One I definitely am gonna keep. He's either gonna have to give one away or edit this part out of the show. No, we're gonna give them. All right, so Mania. Bummed <laughs> about so, going to Orlando. I I just wish you when it's on the West Coast, it's just so much easier. Oh, okay. No time gotcha. change. It's a like, travel thing. Yeah, that's all. Like, the one in San Francisco was, like, that was great. Yeah. It was, like, so close. Although was, The weird was... thing about wrestling on the East Coast for Mania is it's outdoor. And so, like, the first matches take place, like, uh, well, the, the sun's up still. I don't yeah. know why that's weird to me. Yeah, but the, the one on the East Coast, yeah, it starts at 7. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, that, it'll be close. It'll be pretty dark already. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Taker came out with the, the lights up, with, like, you know, with the sun out. I wrestled, I wrestled in Orlando Mania. Man. Yeah. I don't that, even know what, that was what 24. year that was. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah, oh, that man. was WrestleMania 24. That was Rick, nine Rick, years ago. Ric Flair's retirement? Yeah. Yeah. The ladder match on that one. Yeah. That was the first Money in the Bank ladder match. Hey. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go now, through this Mania card and make some predictions. You were in that? You were in the first Money in the Bank match? Uh, not the, the first. Oh, the my first. first. At, yeah, at, uh, the first one. My first one. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't remember who won that. Uh, me neither, but it wasn't me. <laughs> okay, fuck that. Fuck that match. Then. Yeah. All right, we're just gonna quickly rattle off our WrestleMania predictions. Me, a super, a super Mark, and John Johnny Blaze. Call the fire department, Red Hot Johnny Blaze. Actual, is about to predict <laughs> an actual professional wrestler who is holding so many belts right now. I mean, you're how, how are you gonna hold all those belts? Man, the true story. Like, uh, I was I had to cut a promo for. Uh, QPW promotion in Qatar, right. uh, um, which I'm the champion of. <laughs> and, How many uh, belts do you actually have right now? Um, ten, maybe. Ten. Okay. But I was I was looking for the the QPW belt and yeah. I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, dude, MPW, QPW, the five star belt, the Lucha belt, the AAA belt. There are uh, just you know you know what it's yeah. like if you're you're trying to find a particular championship and there's too many belts laying around. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All right, WrestleMania. Zig, let's let's go down the card. We're gonna give our predictions. Okay, we got Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Big Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus. 
I think I think this will open Mania, and it'll Enzo and Cass will win just to pop the crowd. Agreed. I'm going to go with Enzo and Cass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that'll just get everybody going. Feels like a good feel-good moment to start yeah, Mania, right? Totally. Although, right. I, I'd rather stay on Gallows and Anderson. I, I like them. Big fan of Gallows. Uh, you know what? I'm a fan of everyone in that match. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Cesaro, super Cesaro is awesome. Sheamus has been super solid for a long time. Yeah. All right, next up, Neville versus Austin Aries. Ooh. I think you have to keep it on Neville. He's just, he's killing it. Austin Aries is cool, but I think Neville, like, he... If he holds that belt for a long time, it gives only gives credibility to the to that division. I think Neville's character right now is the first time I've seen him as like a, a true superstar. Um, what he, he's I think he's he's breaking through. Like he's figured out who Neville yeah. is. That's really worked for him. He's always been like a, his his movement and his patterns and is is always been uh, next level stuff. But the the promos and his uh, his character work now is next level. I think they got to keep it on Neville. Yeah. See, you're already bringing something to this breakdown. I love it. Okay. Next up, Alexa Bliss versus Carmilla versus Natalia versus Mickey James versus Becky Lynch versus others to be announced. Yeah, so I don't know. This Mm. match is just kind of a question mark match. It kind of bums me out because it feels like an old school, like, Divas match. Like, we were kind of past this. Yeah. I I say, I'll go first because you seem to be given the cooler second analysis. I'm going to say Alexa Bliss retains, and I think that's because I think Alexa Bliss is the most deserving. uh, Didn't she have some, like, porn pics come out? Recently, I I think those were. Or was that a rumor? I think elect. No, there were. Uh, they were leaked, but the Alexa Bliss picks I think were fake. Oh, okay. That's what I read. Uh, but the page. That's stuff, good. Maybe they were. The page stuff is real. Okay. So yeah. fake. So uh, go down the burn down again. We got oh, because you said if those leaked, you think that they'd make her drop the title. Maybe I don't know. What about um? She's uh, a heel though. Naomi, was is she is she healed? I think they. We don't know. Okay. Um, what were the others? I think I, I would go between Alexa and I think Sasha Banks, and um, maybe... no, Sasha Banks not in that match. Oh, really? What, what, what Carmilla, Natalia, uh, Mickey James, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I think Bliss retains. Bliss retain. I mean, I mean, they said unless, plus unless more. they wanted to give it. I mean, I don't think it could be one of the plus more, right? Unless they are going to bring back some uh, some huge former diva superstar. It'd be cool to see. It could be Asuka. She could come yeah. up and win. I mean, Natty, it'd be it'd be cool to see Natty win. Mickey James, has she been wrestling yet, or is this her first one? I think Natty's a really good pick. Because I She's think solid. She, she deserves that. Like, she could have a really cool mania moment. Yeah. I think that might be a solid move, actually. It's a toss-up, though. And unfortunately, this is one of those matches where I can see, um, knowing how mania's always went for me, <laughs> they they get to the this match and um they've they've got like 15 minutes and right before they go out like someone's like we're we're going over time you got you got five minutes five minutes get it done go home just just as fast as you can yeah all right I'm gonna say Alexa Bliss you're gonna say I'm gonna go same okay, Let's go cool. Bliss we'll keep we'll keep it the same yeah right, next up Bailey versus Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax uh, Nia Jax Nia Jax Zig. don't let the marks know you don't watch yeah hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna say who wins this match is gonna be um, is gonna be uh, uh, Charlotte. You going with Charlotte? <laughs> I think just like give it to I think just I don't know just give it to Charlotte. I'm going with Banks. Yeah, Banks is a good. She's yeah. a good choice. Wait, some of our first our first difference of choice. It's a good choice, but I just think I like Banks. just put I'm like just put Charlotte over. Just keep putting her over. You think? Yeah. I don't know why. That's just uh, you gotta, you're sucker for the second generations, huh? Yeah, I think so. Um, usually I'm not, but uh, Charlotte I think is. Coming to her own and proving that she's 
she's got it. She's getting it done. But I still think that she uh, just feels like the champ, and I just think she should hold the belt for a while. I think uh, it's an interesting story to have Banks win because of her friendship with Bailey, and it would be an interesting spin. Yeah, I think you. I think I think you're right. Gun to the head, I would say Banks, but I chose her last year, and uh, oh, I'm not okay. getting burned again. I'm going Charlotte. Okay. All right. Next up, John Cena and Nikki Nikki Bailey Bella versus Miz and Marcy. <laughs> Nikki Bailey. Nikki Bailey. Uh, versus I, Miz and who? Uh, and Maurice. Maurice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I am I obviously not uh, know, marked was, for wrestling. I was just yeah, having yeah, fun. I don't know what you watch. It's probably so Miz and bad. Um, uh, tough one. It, uh, I'm, I'm, I think uh, Miz, I think they win. I think Miz and Maurice win. I think they're going to I hope so. I, I think business-wise, yeah. that's the right way to go. But I think uh, this is Nikki Bella's retirement. Is it her retirement or is it like she's taking a break? I don't know. Um, but you go out on your back, right? Eh, you should, which is why I think uh, it'd be cool to see Miz and Maurice win. I think Miz just deserves this win so hard yeah, that man, you can't take it away he's, from him. He's coming to his own, and he's uh, he's been fighting for what he believes uh, is entertaining his whole career. And um, I, I, I think I would love to see Miz and Maurice win, but I don't think they're going to get it. I think it's going to be seen in Nikki. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, next. Uh, your favorite, Jeans Ambrose and Baron Corbin. I don't know how this is a WrestleMania match. I mean, the fact that, like, Ziggler is not even on this card. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard people call Ambrose the anti-Shawn Michaels because he keeps getting these big matches and not delivering. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> agree. Look, he had a terrible match with Ziggler. I didn't get to it here at, at SummerSlam, and Ziggler doesn't have bad matches, really. No, Ziggler's a super talented man, and um, for... for uh, and for for Corbin too, I think he's another guy that I I don't, I don't understand what uh, they're trying to do with Baron Corbin. Why push him this fast? Like I mean, there's something to him that I like. I was kind of he had a nice little pocket that during last year where he was like kind of playing. Um, he was he was uh, he, the lone wolf gimmick was was showing its face, but it 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 went away really fast. And uh, then he started I, wearing a shirt. He started wearing a T-shirt to wrestle, which get, is a jabroni of a move. Then you got two guys not dressed like wrestlers. I don't know. I at don't, WrestleMania, I don't get Corbin. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't done anything to impress me yet. Um, I would uh, I would I'd say that they'd probably give it to Corbin because it seems like they're trying to do something with him. Um, what do you think? Uh I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna give it to Corbin because, like, why? What does Dean Ambrose get out of it? I mean, I agree, and this also seems like if there's a match that ends up being the dark match, uh, this this could be the one that gets bumped to pre-show. I know, but it's the IC belt, which is what? What? All right, whatever. There's too many belts. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, all right, next. All right, next up, we got Jericho and Kevin Owens. Ooh, yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens has to win because you got to put Kevin Owens over Jericho. I think Mania. so too, man. They uh, let AJ this, lose to Jericho last year. This uh, this angle, I think, is is super hot, man. And like, uh, man, hats off to Jericho. Look what like uh, for how long he's been doing and how much experience he has and how much passion he still has for wrestling. Um, Having one of his best years. Look, the, the this match uh, Owens Jericho is one of the ones I'm most interested in. Yeah. And um, and why it's just because of the story that they've told. I, I'm with you though. I think Owens. Yeah, you have to sell. You got to sell Owens. I think. I think, especially if they're Owens dropping is the young belt like and he's that. got like a. I don't know. I think he's got some good business to to do still. So I, I totally. Think, I think he could really use the dub. What up next? All right, up. So we got uh, Shane McMahon and AJ Styles. <laughs> All right, AJ Styles will win. Shane McMahon. 
<laughs> you, he's no I'm way he's gonna kidding, win. But, uh, I don't know. Never say never in wrestling. Yeah. I know. How do you feel about Shane having a match? Does it annoy you? Um, as a, like a, you know, as well, somebody who's been, you've yes, been on these cards before. It, it, it annoys me, yes. But I, I believe he has the match because they looked at the uh, the user feedback of last year's WrestleMania, and Shane was one of the things that most well, the people mentioned they were most excited about that attended WrestleMania, which is why they brought him back. Yeah, um, but that was last although, year when it, he came back, and also Hell we knew everybody was hurt, and he stepped up to be in that match. Right. You know. Also, I have to mention this. Um, I think it's bullshit that he jumped off the cell onto an airbag, and then they're comparing that jump to Foley's jump off the cell because they're two different things. Foley went through a table, and uh, Shane jumped off to, onto an airbag, which uh, I'm not saying I would do because it was terrifying and dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a different thing. So um, I would take that bump. I think uh, with the airbag, obviously you would. Yeah. Oh, I. I, I mean. I'm not trying to minimize it. I just I don't think it should be compared to what Foley did earlier. No, totally. No, it's, but, it's um, not. Especially Foley had the two falls, <laughs> and the second fall yeah. is known as the hard one, right? Uh huh. Because the ring is so hard. The man, I'm gonna be a contrarian and say Shane. Shane, all right, that's well, cool. Just well, because, like, it's... I'm gonna point at you up in the skybox. Okay. Well, I'm gonna be giving you the middle finger. It'd be funny because it's so, it it's it's unexpected, right? Yeah. I mean, you you would think AJ. Yeah. Um, AJ deserves it clearly. He should win clearly. Yeah. So, um, just for for some reason, because it's wrestling, the unexpected is the one I predict. Cool. All right. Next up, we got Undertaker and Roman Reigns. Here's the interesting one. Here's the interesting one. The winner of this match will be Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think so too. It will be Roman Reigns, but will it be Undertaker's retirement match? They would have said that already, right? What's his streak up to? It's. He's like twenty one and one still, right? No, it's twenty two and one. I think no, twenty three and one. I think because he beat Shane and Bray Wyatt. Well, if uh, if he wrestles one more, it'll be twenty five WrestleManias. Yes, and this is his twenty fourth WrestleMania. I think so. I predict reigns up. Taker retires at next year's to WrestleMania. Cena. Yeah. To Cena. Uh, this I, would, I would like to see that. This doesn't feel like the match to retire him, but... Uh, I think I think Taker up next year on over Cena yeah. and uh, reigns up this year. They could have done something really interesting with Taker. I always think about it. If he was losing since the streak, it would have been awesome, I think. And he had like a uh, like a Dark Knight Returns kind of a thing where he's yeah, just, he just never Yeah, but I don't think his stopped. character works that way. I know. But no his character is, is, is annoying now because it's like, whatever. All right. I, I love Taker. I hate, feel bad even saying No, no. I'm going to tell him you said that. No, don't. I was, I was get gonna, him on here? I was going to get him on the podcast. No. Like, All right. Next match. Next up. <laughs> Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Oh, okay. I mean, Lesnar has Brock. Ooh. Come on. Yeah. It's got to be Brock. Lesnar has to win. This I one's mean, more about what this match will look like more than I, anything. I, okay, so we agree Brock's going to win. Yeah. How long How long do you think they're going to actually wrestle? I think the match will be longer than you expect. I think it'll be 10 minutes. That's that's kind of what I was going to say. Yeah. It, it, it had better be. Yeah. Um, they got me with the last one. I, I, I thought that uh, Goldberg was going to go up. But I was really looking forward to seeing Kevin Owens and Goldberg go like five or ten minutes. I thought they were going to do some wrestling. I uh, did not expect Spear Jackhammer. So um, if, there's, if there's no match, uh, 
I'm not. Nah, there has to be a match. Goldberg's probably gonna like get really hurt in this match. Also. There is no match. I'm gonna call CagedSeats.com and tell them that my review of the match is only two stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Take I mean, that, do you think Goldberg it'll be the main event? Do you think that'll be the last match of the night? Uh man, that's tough. Because if they know it can't deliver, if they don't have the the faith that it could deliver, maybe you put Bray and Randy last. I don't know, man. But can that match deliver? Ray and Randy could deliver. Randy yeah. can go when he wants to go. And yeah. um, Bray's been on a tear the last couple of years. He's really coming to his own. Yeah. Um, I'm, okay. I'm excited so to see Randy Orton have a great match. I Brock, can't remember the last Randy Brock Orton. Brock and 10. Orton, Orton and Bray, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, Bray wins clean. I think it's like just... He needs it for sure. I think yeah, so too. Bray's going to win clean. And uh, Randy's going to do the job. But I, I, I think that... Uh, I think that part of me thinks that, like, Randy, like, he, he got shit on at SummerSlam, and he hasn't felt like a real contender in a while. Right. That, like, he's going to be, like, I don't know. I think I think at Red you might be friends with him, so maybe you know his attitude more than I, but, like, that he might be, like, kind of a bitch about losing at Mania. Like, he might he might want a Mania moment, and they might give it to him. Um, As far as, like, the internal politics, I yeah. don't know. I yeah. mean... He's Everybody f- wants wrestling mo- like mania moments, and no one wants to lose at mania. He's That's- towards the end of his career, like he won the Royal Rumble. It's like it feels like a bummer to go down, but also like how do you bury a guy like Bray? It was sad when Taker did it, and like yeah, I kind of wanted Bray to beat Taker too. Cena buried Bray. It's like Bray, ne- he's you're gonna give him the title for what a couple weeks, right? He, he has needs, to win. He needs some redemption. Uh, that's yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Bray over Randy. Yeah, that's the that's the card, right? All right, cool. Hey, uh, hey, everybody, check out Boone the Bounty Hunter. You can see it video on demand on May 9th May and 9th. exclusive DVD release at Walmart June 6th. June 6th. I mean, if you enjoyed this, listen at all. Watch this movie. The trailer looks fucking awesome. Uh, you can check a- the trailer out on YouTube. Boone the Bounty Hunter official trailer. You can follow me on Twitter at Thrill Morrison for information about my wrestling bookings and Boone the Bounty Hunter. Follow me on Instagram at John Hennigan, my shoot name, for pictures of me doing stuff. Also, my Facebook page, John Morrison, has the trailer for Boone the Bounty Hunter. And you can follow Dan Black at... At D Black Attack. And, uh, hey, remember to rate and subscribe. And, uh... Well, well uh, 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 and uh, follow, join our Facebook page, Comedians of Wrestling. We're always talking. We're always marking out over there. And uh, you can also follow this podcast. It's Twitter. at COW Podcast. I'm getting better at using that. Uh, all right. Hey, keep watching wrestling. Kisses. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. This, you, this was awesome. Gracias. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for answering all my dumb questions. All Hasta right. Matanza, you're, peeps. You're the best. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.